Branch. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He's gone. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Cloudgate Sports Podcast. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of Blackhawks stuff. A lot of, a lot of not too good stuff. Some good stuff. Just a lot of news that we need to break down. Uh, some Bulls news as well. And of course, baseball. We got the All-Star break coming up. Sadly, neither team has any All-Star game starters. Uh, barring what happens with the pitchers. We don't know what's going on with that just yet. But position player-wise, we have zero in the city of Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into it. Pat, I'm going to pass it to you. Got a lot of stuff to talk about Blackhawks-wise, so get used to hearing Pat for the next little bit. Yeah, it's definitely not a good reason for the Blackhawks to be in the news right now during the middle of the Stanley Cup final when we didn't even make the playoffs. I'll start with this. Uh, the play- the Stanley Cup finals are in, in full swing. Um, it is Montreal versus Tampa. A lot of people did expect Tampa to make it this far. I don't think any of us, including myself, expected Montreal to make it this far. Um, I think a lot of people will agree that hockey is one of the more flukier sports where if you get hot, you're able to win it. Um, and it proves the point where if you have a really good fucking goaltender in Carey Price, you can make it as far as you can possibly take it. And I think he's kind of meeting that wall right now with how good of a team that Tampa Bay is. I mean, you would have had the two best goaltenders in the league all this year, Carey Price um, and we have the goaltender for um, Tampa Bay who are just playing lights out. Carey Price can only do so much. Um, in my opinion, it should have been a 1-1 game at the end of that third period last night for Tampa. Uh, Carey Price gave a buzzer beater goal. What do you do? Just flying through midair, like Superman flying through midair. And then a horrible turnover to end the game um, to put him up, put Tampa up 3-1. So Tampa is up 2-0 in this series. Game 3 is heading back to uh, Montreal where they're going to have limited fans due to the COVID situation in Montreal. Um, the, the Islander series is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the Vegas Knights, Vegas Golden Knight versus Montreal series is also very fun to watch. I've been watching this Montreal Tampa series. It hasn't been hooking me like prior series have been, but again, it's Stanley cup. I still enjoy watching it. I texted you guys last night, like, God damn it. Like Tampa's going to go back to back. I think Tampa's going to probably win this game. Agreed. In most in five games. I think that I think Tampa or Montreal might be able to steal one. Um, I'll be shocked if they can take two, but uh, it sucks. See, I want to see Carey Price win a cup so bad. Brandon, you tweeted it. Get Price a cup. Yep. The only downside with that is I don't want to see Corey Perry win a cup. So I'm not sure if that, I is, love, that is also true. But I'm not sure if I love uh, Price more than I hate uh, Corey Perry. So not sure where it kind of bounces out though. Um, but hey. A lot of people were complaining about this rule in the NHL where the salary cap becomes um, an excuse or kind of gets thrown out the window when the playoffs rolls around, which is a 
you know, basically what happened was I think it was Kirsch or uh, Kucherov got hurt before the season even started. He wasn't expected to come back until the playoffs. You throw him on long-term IR, that voids the cap. Once he comes back in the playoffs, the cap is non-existent. They're playing over the cap by 10, 15, 20 million dollars probably right now. Which a lot of people think is unfair. And I get your opinion right now. But us Blackhawks fans, we can't we can't shit on that because that's exactly what the Hawks did in 2015 when we beat Tampa Bay. When Patrick Kane got hurt. It's a rule that I think whenever the next CBA is, and I'm not too sure when it is, honestly, um, that's going to be a rule that's going to get brought up. And it's going to be it's, – it's a loophole that they've found, and it works effectively. And Tampa Bay is kind of going all out when it comes to this news. So we'll see how the series plays out. Again, I think all three of us are on the same page that Tampa's going to win. We want to see Carey Price win, but I think, you know, a hot goaltender can only get you so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So before we get into the negative news, let's get into a little bit more positive news when it comes to the Blackhawks. Um, we've heard a lot of speculation about our captain, Jonathan Taze, over the past year. He did miss the entire last season to an undisclosed health reason. Basically, no news came out of them here and there. I think there was one point in the season where Sam Bowman came out and said that um, we've been in touch with Johnny. He's been working with our doctors, and it's a slow process. We'll see where he gets. And there was really no more, no more than that. Very vague, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, today is July 1st, so yesterday on the 30th of June, Taze came out and dropped a video early on in the morning, I think probably around like 9, 9.30 in the morning Central Time. And announced that he was back. He was skating on the ice with, I think, Dylan Stromer to bring it. And then Connor Murphy was back on the ice skating. Um, and he's come back from his illness that he finally dis- disclosed as chronic immune response syndrome. Basically, the way that he made it seem like is anything that his body did, whether it was get sick, go for a workout, go for a run, his body just couldn't react uh, naturally to his immune system was, was out of whack, basically. I listened to a couple podcasts with Chase Waski, um, who's a beat writer for the Blackhawks, Mark Lazarus, Mark Lazarus, I should say, from The Athletic. And a lot of people say that, you know, there is, a, I know me and Brandon were just talking about this before the recording, that The Athletic does have a paywall. Um, so I'm not able to read a lot of their articles, if any at all. That Taze apparently had COVID prior to becoming a big issue in the United States. And he thinks a lot of that is what sparked his body just kind of spiraling out and having this weird immune deficiency. Um, and it said he kind of classified it. I think the quote is the best worst thing that could have happened to him because it kind of took him away from the game. It says he's probably the longest break he's had in his entire life. It took away from the game. He just had to sit back and wait and let kind of everything run its course and see what the fuck happened. Um, so it seems he is all gung ho to come back for the Blackhawks, um, come the season over in October, whenever that falls around. Um, I'm happy. I know we had heard some rumors on Twitter. We never disclosed them on this podcast again because they are rumors. We heard a lot of bad things about Taze. Um, you know, he might, never, he might not be able to play again. Um, we're happy to see that it whatever this was that happened to him, he's able to come back to the Blackhawks. It's not going to have a long impact on his life. He's going to be good to go. Um, and I think that's the best news that is going to happen for the Hawks for quite some time. John Taze is back. He's looking to come back on the ice on the United Center come October. What do you boys have? Dude, just the captain's back. The captain is back. And that's probably the biggest Hawks news that we've heard in the last couple of years. Uh, I'm just happy to see that he's back. And like you said, Pat, I'm happy that what we thought – could have been, was far from the truth, and that he's going to be back healthy and ready for next year. Uh, is it going to make a 
big impact on the ice. We'll see how this team does. I know there's a lot of rumors going around that we're going to get into in a little bit here that might change some things. But, but yeah, dude, I'm just happy that Jonathan Taze is healthy and happy. That's all. Just glad that he's happy, happy and healthy. Yeah, I kind of just touch on the finals right now. Um, I saw a map on Twitter that the Habs were the – the U.S. favorite, uh, or like if they did like Twitter polls throughout the United States, and the majority were Habs fans or were rooting for the Habs um, in the finals. So you kind of love to see that. It kind of shows you how like kind of the entirety of the United States kind of feels about Tampa, um, and I think we're kind of unanimous with that. Uh, so obviously we're kind of rooting against them. I've been rooting against them when they, when they were playing the Islanders, and unfortunately they couldn't pull it out. Borelli's Sadly, came to an end. Um, it was a great run. It was something great to watch. Um, but on to the Jonathan Taze topic. Um, I literally got goosebumps uh, when I was watching that video. It, just to kind of see him, he just disappeared off the face of the earth. And to kind of hear him and just see him again and just kind of understand what was, he, he was going through uh, made made you feel good. It was a good field day for the Blackhawks. Um Definitely something they needed uh, because this, like what we're about to touch on a little bit, uh, might kind of be a little dish effort to kind of divert um, some of the fans from kind of really honing in on our next subject we're going to talk about. Um, but I'm, I, I couldn't be happier uh, to see that Taves is, is, is healthy um, and that his future really is in jeopardy. So uh, couldn't be happy for him. Palace, you kind of dive into this next thing and we'll, we'll continue on. Yeah, I think we're on the same page as we're happy to see Jonathan Tate's back, and it's been a good source of news in light of some very disgusting allegations against the Blackhawks organization. So we'll go ahead and dive into this. Um, in in most recent news on Twitter what it, in regard to the Blackhawks, um, I believe it was in May that a former player from the 2010 team has officially filed a civil lawsuit against the Blackhawks organization along with another player, has officially filed a civil lawsuit against the Blackhawk or Blackhawks organization um, against uh, saying that they were sexually assaulted by a coach on the staff, a video coach on the staff by the name of Brad Aldrich. I remember when this came out in May. Um, I remember seeing an article about it. I think we might have talked about it. As a, as Very a briefly. Very briefly. I'm not, I don't even know if we even mentioned it on the podcast. We might have talked about it prior to it, yeah. but um, – it didn't gain a lot of steam at the time. And clearly that wasn't the right thing. Uh, it should have had the full attention of the black organization by, by when that happened, when it came out in May. Um, but it didn't. And now it's beginning to get a lot more, organiz- a lot more uh, light in the media. Um, it's, Honestly, taking some uh, light away from the Stanley cup finals. Oh, I would, ag- I would agree a hundred percent on that. Yeah, and I either Gary Bettman spoke prior to the Cup final, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But I'll kind of dive into the details of this TSN article. If those who don't know who TSN is, TSN is basically the ESPN of Canada. That's the best way I'd say explain it. So um, these two players who were part of the 2010 team uh, went to skills coach Paul Vincent and informed him of these horrible acts. And if you want to learn more about the acts, we're not going to dive into them in this podcast. Feel free to go look up a TSN article and learn more about it. It's 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 fucking disgusting what happened. Um, Vincent was informed prior to game one of the Western Conference Finals against San Jose in 2010. 
uh, Vincent, who I believe was a former Boston police officer, if I read the article correct, he did the right thing and took things, took these matters directly up the chain of command. Um, and he had a meeting with John McDonough, the team president at the time, who was no longer part of the organization, who was fired last year prior to last season. Uh, Stan Bowman, who was GM at the time. Uh, Vice President of Hockey Ops, Al McIsaac, who was still part of the team, along with Bowman. And then uh, James Gray, the team sports psychologist. So in this meeting, it was Bowman, McDonough, Al McIsaac, James Gary, um, the team psychologist, as well as uh, Paul Vincent. The video coach who was informed, or the skills coach who was informed of these acts. Um, Vincent, being the former police officer that he was, he directed the upper management of the Black Ops organization to go to the uh, Chicago Police Department Sex Crimes Unit, um, and the top management refused. That speaks volumes by itself. Now, we've had multiple sources. Um, come out, Vincent being one of them, I believe a coach on the Canadians, I think is the right the right information I'm coming with here, um, was a part of the organization in the front office during that season. He confirmed that this meeting happened. Um, right then and there, it's your first red flag. Obviously, the acts of that happening with Aldridge are the first red flag. Then you go to the front office during the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals prior to Game 1 of the West Conference Finals, and you inform, this, inform them of this uh, these horrible acts, and they refuse to go to the CPD. Um, Two horrible things have already happened, and the Hawks are already already uh, mishandling this entire situation. So, um, this went untouched till the rest of the season. The Blackhawks did go on to win the Stanley Cup that year. Aldrich was on a team through the summer of 2010, where he was um, he he left the Blackhawks organization. This is the part that pisses me off the most. Uh, so Aldrich let go in the summer of 2010, where he was given a positive reference from the Blackhawks to go coach a high school team where the, he then sexually assaulted a 17-year-old boy. He was sentenced to nine months of prison with 60 months probation and completed that probation in February of 2019. That information I just went over prior um, was all from that, t- that main TSN article. So that's the news that kind of came out in May. Um, the meeting that happened with the upper management was the most, I would say, is more of the most recent developments. And then as of late, as of this week that we're recording this, more information came out. So on Monday, June 28th of 2021, CEO Danny Wirtz. Now, Danny Wirtz was not a part of the organization in 2010. Um, He came out and announced an independent investigation into these sexual assault allegations. They hired an outside company that's going to come in and investigate everything they possibly can when it came to these allegations. Did this meeting actually happen? Did Stan Bowman and McDonough and McIsaac all say don't go to the CPD. They're going to do the, they're going to do the dirty work and see what actually happened. What's the truth and what's not the truth. The direct quote from Danny Wirtz, it was an internal memo sent among the Blackhawks organization that was leaked to the press early that morning. Um, the exact quote is an experienced team of professionals led by former federal prosecutor Reed Shar of the firm of the law firm of Jenner and block LLP has been retained and is currently conducting an independent review of these allegations. Uh, where it said this uh, in a memo that was obtained by the Associated Press. Uh, Mr. Shar and his, has, and his firm have significant experience conducting independent investigative reviews, have no previous ties to the Blackhawks organization, and have been directed to follow the facts wherever they lead. We take the allegations described in these lawsuits very seriously, where it said in his memo, they in no way reflect the organization's cultures or values. 
again, this is another source coming from TSN that an article came out afterwards of the first source I referenced. So at this point in time, the information that has been out has already been released. It's now kind of in the hands of this, this uh, ex, the external company coming in to investigate these um, allegations. Now, this happened, and the Stanley Cup Finals is currently underway. So Gary Bettman usually does a press conference prior to the Stanley Cup Finals. And there was a lot of questions regarding the Stanley Cup, and there was a lot of questions regarding the Blackhawks. And he seemed, from what I've seen on Twitter, he didn't really want to feel out any of the questions. He gave very bland uh, responses. Which Gary is understandable. Pardon? Which is understandable. Yeah, right. Again, um, now I, I get where he's coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with his statements. He says Gary Bettman has finally addressed the, the horrible topic that um, is in regards to the Blackhawks and said um, his the potential discipline of the Blackhawks will hinge upon this independent investigation. So the NHL is not going to do anything, which kind of pisses me off a little bit that they're kind of letting Agreed. this independent investigation that could potentially easily easily be tainted. I mean, we all live in a world where people get paid off left and right. I'm not saying that's the problem. I'm not saying that's the issue at all. But it's possibly that everybody has to keep, be aware of. Gary Bettman is going to wait to see what these findings from the independent investigation um, release. And that's going to be it. Now, they did say that these findings at the moment will not be released to the public. It's going to be stay internal between the Blackhawks and I would assume probably the NHL. Um, and, and they're going to go from there. Um, it's 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 a bad time to be a Blackhawks fan. It's simple as that. Um, it's fucking disgusting to hear what happened. Um, there have been other teammates upon that team that have come out and said everybody on the team knew exactly what was happening. I've heard that side of the story, and I've heard multiple sides of the story, including some from Jonathan Taze, which was discussed in his article coming back to the ice uh, with Mark, Mark Lazarus in that athletic article. That's... Um, that that's not the case. Not every, every people may have heard rumblings, but not a lot of people knew really till after he was fired or until these, these, the most recent developments have come about. Some people didn't know it all. Um, so I know the statement has been made. Everyone on the team knew. Um, it seems like there is that one side of the story. And there's also the other side of the story where no, not a lot, not everybody knew. Not a lot of people were focused on the cup at that time. Any rumors, they kind of put in one ear and out the other. They didn't even pay any attention to it. They may not heard it at all. Um, so at this point in time, it's in the hands of this independent investigation. I th the the way the Blackhawks are kind of going about this is the Blackhawks themselves, as far as I know, they have not released a public statement. Um, that internal memo was leaked to the press. Um, they're, from what I've seen in articles, their def quote unquote defense is that it's outside of statute of limitations. Now, I'm not a lawyer. Us three are far from fucking ever being a lawyer. Apparently, there's some sort of law where if something this disgusting happens, you have to report it in X amount of days for it to be valid in court. I could be totally butchering that. So I'm going to throw up the red flags again that we're not lawyers. Um, but I think that's what I've been seeing a lot on Twitter, that it's it's outside of statute of limitations. I think that's the correct legal um, legal words to use there. Um, so they're going to try to play that in court is that it wasn't reported in X amount of time, yada, yada, yada. Regardless, if you knew this happened and you're not going to, the, the lawsuit with the former players in the 2010 team is thrown out the window because of this, this bullshit, this, this loophole in the system. Sure. But at the end of the day, McDonough, Bowman and McIsaac 
go to bed knowing they gave this guy a fucking positive reference, go coach high school hockey, where he went ahead and sexually assaulted a 17-year-old kid. At the end of the day, that's that. Um, again, it, there's going to be, it's going to be, I think from here on out, it's going to be a slow-moving, slow-developing process. We're going to have to wait and see what the independent investigation comes out with. Who knows if we're ever going to find out what this independent investigation ever found. Because, again, like I said, it's not going to be released to the press um, right away, if at all. It's going to stay internal with the Hawks and, I'm assuming, the NHL. My only glimmering shine of light or hope here is that I do trust Danny Wirtz. He wasn't on a team during this time. I doubt Rocky was ever aware of this because Rocky is a very hands-off owner. Hey, Rocky, we need need money to go – Sign this guy. All right, here you go. Here's a check. Rocky's a very handoff guy. He doesn't like it's it's McDonough. It was McDonough. It was Bowman. It was the Kaiser. There was three guys running the organization. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, it's it's disgusting. I said it's not a good time to be a Blackhawks fan. A lot of people are upset at the timing of the release of the Taze video, uh, which I you you're very well. You're very. You're able to be happy. I'll say it. And, and Jay Swaski said this best in this podcast. You're happy. You're, you're allowed to be happy about Jonathan Tate's coming back. And you're allowed to be fucking pissed off and disgusted with the organization. You're allowed to have both sets of feelings. I think it was your last year that Zawoski said on Twitter, said that if you think Jonathan Tate was used as a pawn here, hey, Taser, we're in the deep shit right now in the media. We're going to use you to kind of throw it away. You don't know Jonathan Tate. If, if Bowman or the PR department came to us like, hey, like, we're in the shitter right now with all the sexual abuse stuff, we need your video to come out now, Taze would have said, fuck off. So Taze, you can be, like I said, Zawaski said it best, you can be happy about Taze coming back and you'd be pissed off at the organization for being fucking disgusting and, and letting this shit happen. We're going to have to wait and see what happens here. It's going to be a slow-moving process. Uh, Brandon, I know you said you really haven't been able to follow a lot of this. I'm assuming you probably learned a lot of the information tonight with me talking. I want to get your guys kind of get your guys' reaction to what, to what um, we kind of talk about today and what's kind of going on with the Hawks organization. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's a it's a real mess. It, I Like you said, Pat, I've, I remember – couple months ago when it first came out and then it just it would seem to just go away for a little bit and now it just right back up and it's full steam heading forward and it's just a sticky mess for the organization right now and you're right I I do trust Danny and how he can conduct this because like you said he wasn't with the organization at the time so hopefully we see a nice clean uh just everything's done the right way. And like you said, I know things can go the wrong way. It could be tainted and bribery and all that stuff. I really hope that will never be the case with this uh, because it's just disgusting, just all of it. And then, like you said, with the coach then, which I didn't know before tonight either, and you saying how he uh, went to go coach high school kids and went to jail because he sexually assaulted one of them. I think that's just a ginormous red flag. I'm not going to be saying everything's alleged right now, so I don't want to lean towards one way, but with the fact that he already has been convicted of doing it once, it's just it doesn't look good, and it's a very bad look for the organization if that meeting also happened. Because if that meeting happened and everything seemed to just be pushed under the rug, it's going to be a real bad look, and it's 
there's going to be a lot of things shaken up if that tends to be the case. So, so yeah, just a really bad mess. Fuck, boys. Like, this is, like, the kind of situations that, like, you don't even imagine happening. Like, you, you like this stuff doesn't really happen. You know? And then it actually, stuff comes up, and it's just, like, you're, you're taken away because, one, um, especially in this situation, is so disturbing. Um, you really don't know where to place yourself within this. Um, it's, it's so much information to kind of digest, and it's a lot um, for just a, for anyone to take care of. And I can't even imagine um, what people are going through that have been affected by this. Um, it, it's something that the organization um, they they can't take lightly, or else it's going to put a tarnish on this organization for probably our entire lifetime if this is handled incorrectly. Um, there's one thing I do want to touch on in this whole thing real quick with you boys. Um, it's the fact that the whole team knew. If everyone knew, and there's all these different personalities, and there's all these different emotions flying through a locker room, you would think that one person could just sit there and be like, hey, like, I, if, if they, if everyone knew, someone had to be in that room and say, hey, I can't, I cannot hold this on any longer. And they would have gone to somebody outside of the organization, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it's, it's such a, I don't know how you would even handle that. Um, I just think that, I think you bring up a great point up too, Pat, though, is that that, People are focused on winning the cup right now, and they, and they can be so laser focused that they maybe kind of just slope right, right over their head. Uh, so it's just it's sad. It's sad. It's a lot to take into, uh, and I will just be waiting on to hear more because it's it just there's a lot more that we don't know, um, and all I can hope is that justice is served for whoever's in the whoever's in the wrong here and that they get some peace of mind because this is nothing that you want anyone to go through in your entire life. It's just, it's just mind blowing and sad and disgusting. Um, and the organization is starting to come out and look um, very bad for what it did immediately. And I don't want to say this is their time to kind of clean up their mess, but this is now affecting the future of the Chicago Blackhawks. And if they don't do it correctly, they will be known as the organization that didn't take care of this issue, especially in the time of day that we are right now. Yeah, you said it best right there, that regardless of what happens, whether they really fumble the bag and fuck up this investigation fully, or they 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 clean house, they fire McCosick, they fire Stan Bowman, they acknowledge their wrongs, and they, they're um, set on rebuilding and kind of restructuring and kind of you know, setting the precedent that, hey, we're not going to accept this shit under my belt. Again, too, you have to really get this idea that's kind of just popped my head right now. You don't know if Danny Wirtz ever knew about this shit until May. Very you know, you possible. You don't know what he stepped into. Um, a couple things that you, you said I want to kind of bring up here. Um, let's see. Where should I start here? So, 
this this coach here, this this video, or the strength coach. They these two prospects. From from what I've seen, these prospects are they're um, they're anonymous. They're being known as as John Doe, John Doe throughout yeah. the entire lawsuit. Or lawsuit. Um, they went to this this uh, strength or skills coach, right, Paul Vincent. Yeah. Yes, they went to Paul Vincent, and they from what the articles I've read that Paul Vincent is um, kind of was like the team dad, the guy everybody can trust. He was always there for him, all that stuff like that. They went to him. He did the right thing. I'm 90% sure the article said that he was a former Boston police officer. He knew exactly what to do right away. Um, also, too, if you say you go to Vin, say you say at the end of the day, you're you're an 18 year old. I mean, fuck, we're three old, three years older than that right now. You have something to, just disgusting happen to you like this. You go to your your team dad, somebody you trust, and you're like. You're a former police officer. I trust you. Can you? Can you this guy. This guy's. This, this guy's got to go. Mm-hmm. Something's got to happen here. He does his part and goes to upper management. It's in that you're an 18 year old prospect on a team that you didn't know at the time is destined for greatness to win three cups over the next six years. You're not going to speak up and try to fuck up, fuck up that entire culture. Now I'm not condoning anything that fucking happened, but you're an eight. Put yourself in the shoes of that 18 year old. You either can speak up more than you've already done and say this dude's got to fucking go or and potentially fuck up a team winning, you know, the Stanley Cup in 2010. Who knows? That's going to alter the 2013. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But it's it's a tough spot. It's not, it's not a spot for an 18. It's not a spot for any, anybody to be in, no. let alone an 18-year-old. It's a horrible situation. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, if that meeting happened, with McIsaac, McDonough, and Bowman. Bad shit's going to happen with this team. Yeah, I agree. And the only way to, to solve it is you got you to fucking cat, get rid of everybody. Now, again, like I said, under this 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 loophole in the law, the statute of limitations thing, I don't – and this is – remember, this is a civil lawsuit. So here comes – shout out, rest in peace, Mr. Peters from Brother Rice High School. Um, Civil lawsuit, it's all it's all financial stuff. It's money. That's what you you can't if you're sued underneath a civil lawsuit, you can't go to prison. If it was a criminal lawsuit, it's a different story. I don't think a criminal lawsuit is in play here. I'm 90, 90% sure it's a, it's a civil lawsuit here. So it's gonna be money. They're suing the Black Horse organization for repar- repar- reparations um, for the trauma caused. Now um, now say that they go through all of this and they say okay this really did happen we'll give the prospect so and so amount of money does that mean that the coach that did it could then possibly go through a criminal trial to then go to jail i that i i don't know okay um i think that would have to be brought up by the prospect to that coach oh like one-on-one yeah, yeah. Um, I think this all speculation throwing up the caution flag here is all speculation. I think a lot of this has to do with the Hawks having that meeting and pushing it to the wayside and allowing this shit to happen. Cause and this is to, there's actually two lawsuits here. The main one getting 99.9% of the light is this former prospect suing the Blackhawk organization for letting this shit happen. Yep. The fan, I'm 90, I need. I definitely have to re- go back and reread some of these articles. But there's another lawsuit, and I'm pretty sure it is that 17 year old's family from that high school that's also suing the Blackhawks for giving a positive reference towards this guy to go coach um, high school hockey. Elsewhere. Yeah. 
Um, so we're gonna, again, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens here. At the end of the day, what was done was done. It's fucking disgusting. The team is tarnished. Um, the organization is tarnished. It's it's in. I trust Danny Wirtz made his right decision. I hope he does. Um, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens. It's simple as that. Um, I know in a situation as disgusting as this, you hate the term. You have to let you know the courses do its thing because it takes forever. But you do. It's, what, it's yeah. got. It's it's got. It's that's the process we have to go about here. Um, so wait and see. There's a lot of speculations as to, you know, if that meeting did happen, are we gonna stall to let Bowman do the draft and then fire him? I'm not gonna get any of that bullshit right now. That's not important. What's important is investigations happening. Hopefully, this person that was these two players that were sexually assaulted, can't believe PT said, get a little bit of peace of mind, um, and we can kind of take the right step forward. Going, and it's hard to say after some discussing as this, but take the step forward and and move forward and learn from the past and get rid of all those who were part of it and kind of start fresh. It, it fucking sucks to happen, um, and I wish that was the. The 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 wor- that is the worst of the news I'm gonna go into with the Hawks, but there is some still bad news to go along. Um, and I swear to God, I talked about this like three or four episodes ago that we were all starting to get old. Feel we were gonna quote unquote start feeling old that you know you know Hawk retired. Um, and I specifically, I think PT, I think I think I said it to you that I'm gonna start feeling old as shit when Pat Foley calls and quits. And little did we know that last week, Pat Foley has announced that this will be his last season um, calling games to the Blackhawks on, uh, for, for, the horror, for the organization with all the local games. I've seen reports um, from Barcelona Chief as well as some other stuff on Twitter, some of the people I follow, that this seems a little bit fishy. It seems like he's getting pushed out. Who knows? Um, I, I don't want to get into speculatives about it because at the end of the day, me, us three have grown up listening to Pat Foley scream, what a save. He scored. It's literally in our intro yeah. song. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's – he's going to go down as one of my – probably my favorite. Um, he's my favorite. Say. I'd yeah. say out of everybody, he's my and there's, favorite. And there's so many good ones in Chicago. It's there very really true. Is. Um, me being the Hawks team, my go-to team, um, it, it's, it sucks to see him go. Who is going to, you know, with the with the NHL or the NHL shaping is the way it's shaping out this year is they're moving it. They're moving to ESPN. Eddie Olchek isn't going to get those national games anymore. Um, we can cover maybe that little, cover that a little bit more next week as to who that NHL or the ESPN team is going to be. I know Chris Chelios is one of those analysts who's going to go over. Has he uh, been an analyst before? Or he's been with the Hawks. He's been in the front office with the Hawks for a while. I understand that, but like broadcasting. To my knowledge, no. It's that means it's it's quite possibly was. I'm not sure okay. if it was or not though. Okay. Um, Slowly starting to get into it because I know he's done a bunch of the playoffs like so far. Like for uh, NBC, I know that he's done quite a bit. Okay, makes sense. But I know with the way things are shaping up with the NHL moving to an or the ESPN platform and away from NBC, um, it's going to be a little bit different. So Pat Foley is going to be it's going to be his last year and it's. You know, whether the team is dog show, which I think they're going to be, regardless of whatever comes from um, this whole allegation shit, um, I'm going to save every last minute of him. You know, he's going to be rooted for the Hawks no matter what. Um, as to who his replacement will be, 
there's been polls on Twitter. I've talked to my brother about this. There's only one person I want to take that spot, and it's John, John Weidman. Who is him and Troy Murray have been calling the radio games for as long as I can remember. Um, and it, when those playoffs rolled around, I, I specifically remember clearly the Boston series. Game one against Boston, we score off Andrew Shaw's shin pad in triple overtime. John Weidman calling that game. He's done a phenomenal job doing this for the longest time. I think it's only right that he gets that spot. Um, we'll see what goes from there. Kind of feels like a whole like little bit of a Len Casper thing. I know, but Weidman's moving from radio to TV. Um, so we'll have to see. And uh, Chris Bowden, who, you know, he's been calling the pre and post game show for the Blackhawks for quite some time. He's also been let go of that host position due to COVID financial related losses, which sucks. Bowden's been a very good man for quite some time. I'm imagining he's going to get picked up somewhere to do yeah, some sort of definitely. stuff. The dude is a, is a, a brain buff when it comes to all the shit related to the NHL, especially the Blackhawks. So I think he'll be able to pick up somewhere, especially with them maybe moving the ES or with um, the NHL moving to ESPN. Who knows if Bowden will find his way over there. So one more thing before I throw back to you guys before we wrap up the Hawks. Um, Yesterday, you know, we get the news about the continual updates about the sexual assault allegations. John Tate's announces his comeback. And then we get slapped in the face. I think I just got off work or prior to just before getting off work. I remember sending a Snapchat. I sent the screenshot right to you guys. Duncan Keith and the Blackhawks are working, um, working out a deal right now to get Keith to the Pacific Northwest or Western Canada, which – is shocking. Um, Keith is, I, I guess you say three of the remaining, the part, the remaining three of the, the core team. We lost Siebert to retirement. It's Keith, Taze, and Kane, and that's about it. That's it from the those three Stanley Cup teams. Which is crazy to think. I uh, feel fucking old. I feel old saying that. Yeah. But um, Keith has been one to speak out against. Um, Carlton Pryor and the front office prior, especially when that whole like letter shit came out. Well, because dude, Keith, Keith don't give a fuck. He, he doesn't. He no. wants to win. He's got that mentality. He's literally a human robot. The dude doesn't fatigue at all. He's like, you hear the term built different. Keith is literally fucking built different. There's yeah. something weird about this guy. He's different. He's, he's not even human. Exactly like sense. you said, he's a robot. That, that's what he is. Um, apparently he wants out. Which I said, he's he's made statements before when that whole letter shit came out with Bowman saying we're 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 looking to a youth re- revolution or the fuck he used, and we're still looking to win all this shit. He's like, no, I want a team that's built to win right now. The the culture wasn't there. He spoke out against it, caught a little bit of backlash about it, and he took a step backwards. So if you're looking at the Pacific Northwest. The Seattle Kraken, the newest team coming in in the NHL, or Western Canada, most likely the Vancouver Canucks. Now, a lot of reports have said that I, I don't know if he just had a kid or he's, he's got a young son that he wants to move closer to. That's that's the very the most common speculation that I've seen on Twitter. So he's got a young son he wants to move back to, towards closer to him. At the end of the day, everybody and anyone will respect that. And hopefully the Hawks are going to be a team that will oblige. As much as I don't want to see him go, hopefully the Hawks will oblige. And put With him what close. he's done for the Hawks, if that's how he wants to finish out his career, let that be how he finishes out his career. Agreed. Now, that being said, Keith does have no trade clause. 
So is he, is it a no trade clause for him? He, he will have if he will have to sign off on. The trade. Okay. Okay. So if the Hawks say, "Hey, we're we have a trade set that we're willing to accept to send you to Vancouver," do you want to go? It's Keith has the final say. Okay. Chief said it best saying a tweet that seeing Keith wear a Canucks jersey is gonna be it's gonna make me vomit, which it, is true. I would I think I would throw up. I think I would literally vomit. Keith, like I said, he's built different. He's able to play a stupid amount of ice time. He does get tired. However, we've seen his his statistics dwindle these past couple of seasons with him going up in age. He's got two years left on his contract. Um, with an average cap hit of, I think, like $5.536 million a year. I think his – the cap hit is five, like five five million, and I think his actual annual payout is like three – no, it's like one and a half, one and a half, or something like that. His actual payout left in his contract is like only like $3 million over the next two years, but his cap hit's about $5 million per year. So you have to see where he's going to go. Um, I think – Bowman's going to feel out the whole situation and see where, what he can get the best buck for him for. At the end of the day, with that cap hit, I just don't know how much we'll be able to get for him. So, Brandon, you said, what do you think is going to happen? I was talking to one of my buddies about this, and I think this is a possibility. Bowman's going to feel out that, that geographic region. If the Kraken are able to, willing to give up anything, draft picks, maybe talk a little bit after the expansion draft, which is coming up. Um, I think it's the end of July. With the Canucks willing to give, I have a feeling we're not going to be able to get a lot for Duncan Keith. And Bowman's going to begin to kind of play with the idea of, is it worth protecting him nope. in the expansion draft? Nope. Nope. Is is it worth protecting Calvin DeHaan or – or protecting Duncan Keith and losing to Han and getting like a second, third round, fourth round, fifth round draft pick. In That's my opinion, idea. protect the Han. I agree. I think the Han's one of the bigger people that we're expected to lose in this expansion draft. Protect the Han. And if Keith really want, it wants out, let, let it happen. I don't want to see Keith going to Canucks jersey. But I will be I will smile ear to ear seeing him be the captain of a newly brought in NHL team at Seattle Kraken. Yep, agreed. I'm fine with that. I'd get a jersey. Fuck it. I'm not opposed to that either, dude. I love him to death. I think it's time though. I do. And that opens up the conversation of looking into the free the, the trade talks that are the, the Hawks are into right now. Dougie Hamilton, a defenseman. Seth Jones, a defenseman. And Jack Eichel. He's fucking Jack Eichel for all I care. Like, he's one of the best players in the NHL right now. If we do move on Duncan Keith, which a lot of, from what I've seen, that report came out and it scared a lot of people, but apparently nothing's really concrete, close to being concrete at all. Um, Who knows what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. But if we do move Duncan Keith, it's, it's almost a green light for us to go chips all our chips in to get somebody like Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton. Um, I'm going to save the trade talk for Keith and Seth Jones for next week's episode just because we talked and fucked them out the Hawks. There's a lot of bad shit too. So we've talked about a lot already. Let's kind of get your closing thoughts on Pat Foley, Chris Bowden, Duncan Keith, and then we'll throw it over to the Bulls. Just a lot of bad shit we talked about with the Hawks today. Yeah. Uh, it was It was rough. And you know what? I think 
I think all of this is just the perfect shit storm for the end of the diet for the official burying of the dynasty when with Kane and Taze only having a couple more years left. Uh, it, it, it's two more, Pet. Yeah. So shit, boys. It's uh, we're getting old. It's really starting to seem that way. And uh, but yeah, seeing Pat Foley have one year left gonna have to cherish it because like you said it was our childhood listening to him uh and it's it's not gonna be happening anymore uh won't be as hard because like you said we've already gone through it with hawk harrelson uh but it's still gonna be equally as hard but yeah so we'll talk more next week about all the trades and all that good stuff but i agree with you pat i think it is time for keith to go his way uh and just another just knife into the heart. But we'll see what happens, and we'll talk more about it next week. We'll start off with Pat Foley real quick. I, I'm i on the same page with you guys. He was incredible to listen to while we were growing up, and it's kind of funny that we're saying we're old only when we're 21, 22. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, Pat Foley was a legend, and there's so many remarks that you'll just hear and you know, you know it's him and it gets you fired up. Um, but uh, with that being said, uh, I'm not too nervous to see what the Blackhawks Black do to replace him just because I think we've seen kind of a star being born in our eyes with Jason Benetti. Um, he, he is slowly, or let me rephrase it, he is fastly becoming one of my favorite people to just listen to on a regular basis. Um, his energy and his charisma uh, is, is unmatchable. I think there's people waiting in line out there um, that will replace that. And I think we'll find, we'll find a new legend to be born, hopefully, uh, to replace the legend at full, even though his shoes are um, very, very, very uh, big to fill. Um, and Duncan Keith, another person that's probably going to be leaving us that we've watched growing up all our life. Um, it's sad, but then again, you, you want these people that you've cared, um, about for, cared about for so long, um, that you want them to be happy as well. And you want them to, especially with a guy like Duncan Keith that puts everything into everything he does. Um, I, what you just said about him going to Seattle, I, I think is ideal. Um, he would be a great captain to start a team like that. Um, He's just a guy that just won't let anything, let that organization kind of be shit. Um, so that, I mean, that would be insane. I think that'd be a perfect situation, especially if it kind of helps us avoid losing younger players as well. Um, so we'll get more into that as well. But I think we're kind of, we're starting in this, this phase two. Uh, the guard is changing. We're, we're going younger um, throughout the entire organization. So very, very negative black section today. Um, I just my final remarks is that I hope the Blackhawks do the right thing. Okay, um, at the end of the day, unfortunately, what is in the past is in the past, and now you have to act on what to do um, to kind of help savage themselves because what they've done is kind of unfixable, and now they need to do is make the right decision now. Yeah, I think as a as a as a crew here. Um, with our podcast, we all agree that the Hawks need to do the right thing. It's a unanimous decision between all of us. We all know what was that, what happened, and we all know what is wrong. Um, 
no, I need to fucking act on it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like, I love talking about the Hawks, uh, but I didn't like talking about them today. It's, it's a segment that I didn't wish was this long, but um, if we knew it had to be talked about. We wouldn't be doing a good job of being podcasters if we didn't talk about the negative. So uh, let's jump into the Bulls. Now I watch not a lot of Bulls talk talk about the NHL the draft lottery did happen. I uh, believe last week or two weeks ago. Um, the big question mark was uh, the Bulls pick in the first round. The Bulls traded this pick to the Orlando Magic for in that in the, in that Nicole Vucevic trade. With the there's a term for it. I'm already forgetting it, but with the the caveat that if the Bulls landed a pick one through four in the lottery, the Bulls kept that pick. So we're hoping for a fourth pick and we'll keep it. Didn't happen. It wasn't a Derrick Rose thing where we weren't projected to get the number one pick and we got the number one pick. Um, I believe that we ended up being picked eighth, which automatically gets sent to the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic actually had the fourth pick and the eighth, eighth pick in this draft. Bulls do not have a pick until the second round, Brandy, so it was like 30, 38. 38? Yep. So we'll have to see. I think we're gonna, if we're the Bulls are going to be making moves, it's going to be in the in the free agency area, and we'll see where that goes with then. Yeah, I think I think we're going to be. I don't see as many trades. Uh, I see a lot. I see a lot of spending though this offseason for this Bulls team, and I am so excited for it. I agree. Um, and with that news, Zach Levine is on the roster for the men's Olympics team for the USA. Let's go. To the, to Tokyo. Uh, Pat Williams was selected as the res- basically a reservist, essentially. Um, if somebody were to get hurt, which is awesome, great experience. He's gonna be he's gonna be bail- whether he plays or not. He's gonna be practicing with legends of the sport, and that's what I want to see. I'm all about it. I bet he was jumping at the opportunity as well. So it's great development for. Patrick Williams, and lastly, we will close with the NBA playoffs. Um, the Phoenix Suns, who have been fucking awesome to watch this year. Again, I don't usually don't give two shits about the NBA playoffs. I really don't. I've watched every Suns game this playoffs. This playoffs, they've locked their way into the NBA Finals. They're awaiting their opponent. The Milwaukee Bucks just beat the Atlanta Hawks in game. They stomped on them tonight, didn't they? It, it ended up being a 10-point game. It was a lot more than it actually was. Milwaukee dominated this game. Without Giannis and Trey Young was not on the court for Milwaukee. So Milwaukee takes a 3-2 lead in that series. So the Phoenix kind of is chilling. And I think that's kind of what they need. I feel like I don't know, dude. Up. I don't, like I don't like Paul, the waiting. Chris Paul definitely needs it. Chris Paul is definitely banged up um, with that shoulder. Yeah, and, uh, that's true. He, Chris Paul has sold his flops um, uh, throughout that series too, yeah. but he did. He actually did get fucked up by Pat. Pat Dude, Pat what Pat. was that shit? I, I usually Pat Bev's a Chicago kid too. I like Pat Bev, but again, he's I, I'm not a fan. He's uh, a loose that's cannon. Thing, though. He's gonna piss you off, and he's exactly. He will go as far as pushing you in the in the huddle. That's true. You hate you hate him if he's not on your team. You love him if he is. That's the type of guy Pat Bev is. Yeah. Um. I think Chris Paul definitely needs a little bit of a breather um, after the COVID shit. I know he's got a banged up shoulder from the series with the Lakers. Um, I definitely think he needs it. He doesn't have a ring yet, does he? He doesn't, right? No, he's not. This is the first final he's ever made. Okay, cool. Um, Good for him. He's definitely got a Hall of Fame career, and I I hope he wins a ring. Um, Now, again, Trey Young's out for the Hawks. Giannis Antetokounmpo's out for the Bucks. How long are they out for? So... 
Trey Young was close to coming back today. I'm assuming he's probably going to be back for game six. Giannis had a, a scary fall in game four um, of their series. If that's any one of us, we don't have a fucking knee anymore. Simple as that. <laughs> he somehow has zero structural damage to his knee, so he is question. He, he didn't play tonight. I they really haven't announced any. They didn't. They haven't said if he's day to day. If he's questionable, whatever. So I think that's going to be. I think we're going to hear news soon about Kawhi. I think probably, Kawhi probably tore his ACL or his MCL. Or had some, hey, he had some structural damage to his knee that they never said until the series was over. Because you know, if you tell your opponent in the Western Conference Finals, hey, our best player is done for this season, you're going to give an advantage to that team. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, yeah, I don't really care for the NBA playoffs. I really don't, unless the Bulls are in it. The Bulls have been in it for a long time. Um, so I, I've been enjoying watching the Suns. I'm jumping on the PMT bandwagon. I hope the Suns win it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's probably not a good thing for the uh, the NBA. I think the NBA wanted the Lakers. They wanted the Nets. And then you have – it's actually a question mark as to who's going to win. Like, nobody fucking expected the Suns to run through the Western Conference. Nobody expected this, the Hawks. Who, Hawks are a good team. They're just they're getting hot. They have good players that are getting hot at the right time. And they're playing to win. Nobody expected the Suns to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's been fun to watch. It really has been. I'm excited to see what plays out. I'm excited for the NBA Finals. Not a lot of NBA talk. Um, do you guys have anything to wrap up the NBA? I've got one thing real quick. Um, I want to hop back to the uh, U.S. Na- uh, national team real quick. Um, and I know LeBron, he's been getting a lot of heat for a lot of things recently, and one of them has been that uh, he's not playing for the national team this year. Uh, before I get my opinion real quick, you guys, do you want to give yours real quick on how you felt? Because like, a lot of people like saying, oh, you're, you're not American, all this all this crap and all this stuff. So do you guys just have any opinion on it or not? Okay, so I don't know. Uh It's, I don't know. I, I I haven't really been paying attention to it as much. I'm kind of interested to hear what Pat has to say. I, the fact that LeBron decided to choose down Team NBA or Team USA for the Olympics, it doesn't bother me that much. I think the idea, oh, you're not American, that's a fucking stupid argument. Now, I, I will say this. Him going in that press conference after losing the Phoenix Suns. So thing, bad. Choose the Toon Squad. That's not a good PR move. Like, PR 101, don't choose a cartoon basketball team over your country's team. But, I will say, LeBron is getting older. He probably does need more time to recover. Give the spot. He's won gold medals before him. He's done his part. I think the time is kind of the pass the torch to younger players. Now, I, I again, I think the idea of going into a press conference saying I'm going to choose the tune squad over, it's not a good look. It's yeah. not. I think it, that's just common sense. I feel like he probably played that back in his mind afterwards. He's like, I probably shouldn't have said that. D- I, I'm hoping that as soon as it went out of his mouth, he's like, he's like what the <laughs> fuck? It sounded good in my head, and then once I said it, not but, good. Yeah, I, I think the whole argument of you're not an American, you don't love your country, that's bullshit, man. I agree. He's done his part. He's won he's won gold medals. He's done his part. Does the whole two and squad thing help him? Not at all. But 
he's older. He probably takes more time to recover. He is pursuing stuff outside of basketball. Let's spotlight go to some younger people like Zach Levine. Yeah, like exactly. Like, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I really don't. Cause yeah. And then at the end of the day, Team USA is going to be still be very good. It's not like he's leaving them out to drive. We still have a very good team. I know some of the other Euro League teams um, are starting to be, become better, um, be able to compete a little bit more, other than like that dream team here. But um, I, I do think that it's it's it, people. I, again, I'm not a huge LeBron person either. I, I'm not. Everybody knows that. But I'm not that much media to say he's he hates America like shit like that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh. Totally. Blown out of proportion. I don't... It's not that big of a deal. The thing that makes it a big deal, I think, is for what he said in the uh, post... The presser after the game. Uh, it's just... It, that just... Terrible look. The whole... MJ LeBron thing. I know we don't talk about it a lot. But... And we don't want to talk about it. It, it just... That doesn't help LeBron case at all either because i don't think mj would ever do that uh but i guess we'll see what uh happens with lebron next year i think the biggest thing with him taking off the olympics is that we had a a break with covid then it started up again they were in the finals quick turnaround season began and now he's finally has a break and i know he wanted to Wants to be with the Toon Squad and everything. Let him do that. Let him take his break. Let him take a chill. Like he's getting old. All right. He's probably like Pat said. He probably needs a little bit longer to uh, get back to a hundred percent. So let him do his thing. Uh, it, it's not a big deal. PT, what 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 are you thinking? I'm just glad you guys aren't like oh, you guys are on the right side. This argument, okay? Um, it, it, it's just a fact, like. And, I, and I'm not you, Pat. You said it. I don't think we're all really big LeBron fans, um, but it's a simple fact that he's old as shit now, and that you could even tell now in the playoffs how much that was wearing on him, and uh, with his high ankle sprain and all that stuff, um, I definitely can understand why he wouldn't want to put any more stress on that. Uh, you can't blame him. He and like you said, he wouldn't be able to perform like KD is going to be able to perform. Uh, like all these other guys are going to be able to put up points. Um, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so the fact that these people are being stupid and just being idiots and trying to get clickbaits all over all over social media are just ridiculous. I'm kind of tired of hearing it because it's really kind of, like you said, Mahoney blown out of proportion. Uh, but if you guys want anything else for the NBA, uh, I think we'll just move on to this quick, quick, quick um, Bears note. Uh in it was about two weeks ago, I believe, that the Bears came out of left and dropped a bomb on the city of Chicago. Uh, they released a, I think it was in their presser, I believe. It, it was definitely something uh, that Ted Phillips said that they placed a bid um, to buy Lincoln Heights racetrack. Um, and let me tell you, Twitter blew up immediately. Um, and it was not one-sided. It was a bunch of mixed reactions, I think, from all different types of angles. Um, we can kind of just bounce off how we feel about it. I think, it, it, honestly, um, it's going to benefit there's long-term, uh, not only as an organization, but as a football team. So not only 
moving the Bears Stadium will generate more revenue for us to be able to spend more money on bigger players. It, it's just going to solidify our that we are a major city, a destination for players to come. Yes, we might be behind L.A. Um, and New York, but we are definitely a top three um, city. And we talk about this all the time. Chicago doesn't act like it. This Not is at all. Example. We are, we, this is like, uh, we, I believe that we are second lowest capacity in the NFL, and that's just unacceptable uh, just because of how many uh, fans probably would be going to games if we had a better stadium. Um, there was a bunch of different layouts. I saw someone kind of overlay uh, the Broncos uh, stadium and parking lot system that would fit perfectly in there. Um, so it sounds like it, it's moving in the right direction. Um, I know that there still was a lot of mixed emotions about this. I was reading a couple articles, um, and this is starting to become an issue again, though, um, is that the mayor of Chicago um, is, has never been really happy with this. The Bears have tried to move out multiple times in the past, and the seven years is a big issue. Um, I believe Mayor Daly in the 70s threatened that the Bears wouldn't be able to use Chicago in their name and they have to be the Arlington Heights Bears. So it, 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 there's going to be a lot of things to go into. This is really fresh, really new. Um, but just to get your first guy's opinions, go ahead. Let us know what you guys think. Um, it, it could. This is a crazy move if it does matter to move along. I'll go first. I'm for it. A hundred percent. There is only one thing that is holding me back, and that's Bears weather. That's about it. Um, I kind of look at it this way. Even then, I mean, we're still going to – when it snows, it's still going to fucking snow in Arlington. But, it, no, no, so that's the thing. If we go to Arlington, we're going to have a giant-ass stadium. I kind of look at it as Minnesota, basically. Minnesota built their new stadium. It's going to be a dome because – has to be. It has to be. The city is going to play it as more of if we can host Super Bowl, if we can host a Final Four, if we can host the Olympics. That'd be huge. Like that. That'd be huge for the city of Chicago. I'm all for that. All for that. It's easy. Uh, Grant, I've never been to a Bears game before. I've played on Soldier Field um, my junior fo- junior football, high, or high school football. I didn't. I, I was. Go Crusaders. I was there. I didn't play. The field <laughs> fucking sucks. The field is hard as hell. We have the Chicago Fire. That's their new home stadium. We do concerts. We do cross games. We do rugby games. It's natural grass. The, the, the field conditions suck ass. We do high school football games. We do graduations. We do all this. The grass sucks. The Bears don't own that stadium. It's owned by the city of Chicago, the park district. So it's not maintained well at all. I, granted, like I said, I've never been in the – I've only been on the field in the locker room. I've never been in the concourse. I've never been to a game. I've driven down there to a, through a bus. So I, I, But I know it sucks to park. It sucks to get down there. The, it's, it's a small-ass stadium. I've never – you don't really ever hear any good things about Soldier Field other than Bears weather. The only good place is when you got like a uh, – uh, you got the L.A. Rams coming in from L.A. to come play the Bears in December. The Bears got the advantage right away because we're able to play and feel like that. Um, I'm all for it. Give me a give me a Final Four. Give me a Super Bowl. Give me uh give me the Olympics. Give me uh, give me that shit. Give me a good stadium where we can host seventy eight thousand people. Ten out of ten times. The only thing that holds me back is the idea of Bears weather. That's the only thing it. But other than that, give inject. Yeah, I'm all about the stadium up north in the northwest suburbs. It's another. It's. For me, from my part in the south side of Chicago, it's, I don't know, 40, 50-minute drive, maybe an hour of traffic. It's not horrible. It's probably better than fucking going on Lakeshore Drive. 
And then I don't like I, you. I've said this before. I'm not the biggest White Sox Dave fan. I think he's a fucking moron. I, I agree one thousand percent. But the idea of tearing down uh, this will never happen. This will never happen. But the idea of tearing down Soldier Field and putting the Sox who stadium right on the lakefront hitting fucking piss missiles on Lake Michigan would be awesome. Here's the it's biggest problem. Happen, but it's never gonna happen. Well, it can't because it's a a historical landmark. Can't be knocked down. So we're 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 stuck with it. It'll be a it'll be a great concert venue. But yeah. seriously though, I don't want to talk about this too long because there's not as much traction going. Once more traction and rumors start going like like I know it's a possibility right now, but if it's like holy fuck this is going to happen, then we'll then I'll talk about it a little bit more, but I agree with, with everything you've said so far, Pat. Uh, I would love for it to go to Arlington for the opportunities that the Bears would have. That's all I'm going to say about it right now, and we're going to wait for more traction. Pat, One what's more up? Thing too. Um, we're not gonna, we don't get political on this podcast, so I'm not going to get into the feelings of our the mayor of Chicago. But the mayor has busted the balls of the Bears for saying, how about you focus on beating the Packers? Sure, that's a valid point. We don't beat the Packers. <laughs> but – she is not going to be the mayor in 20. The, the Bears have a contract with, I think, the, the NFL is the, the main person here until 2033. So, which, yes, which we, can be broken at any time, though. But it, that's true. But I don't think the NFL is going to let that happen. Um, so, if, if anything were to happen, it's not going to happen for a long time. And our mayor is not going to be the mayor by then. Second, then I'll throw back to UPT. Everybody who's saying, oh, the Bears are going to have to change their name to the Arlington Pipe Bears, shut up. Yo, the Dallas Cowboys, they play in Arlington, Texas. They don't play in Dallas. The New York Giants what do you, don't even play in the fucking state of New York. They play in New Jersey. The Bears can go be the Chicago Bears in Arlington Heights, and nobody's going to give a rat's ass. It's just going to be like the Naperville kids that say they're from Chicago and they're not from Chicago. No. It's what exactly what it's going to be. Like, the people that argue the name change, go pound sand. Like, that's the most invalid argument. We'll get it from, like, give me a Final Four, give me Super Bowl, give me an Olympics, give me all that shit. I'm all for it for the Bears losing Soldier Field. That's, uh, it's a hot take. I, I can see both sides. I really can, but go ahead and move. It's not going to be until, what, we're in 2021. It's not going to be for a long fucking time, so who knows what's going to happen, but this, the name thing, the people that are picking the name change so much, oh, my God, it rustles me. My PT throw to you. Oh, yeah, so I, it's brand new, it's fresh, it's exciting. Um, I think it's kind of gotten Bears fans excited. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in this organization right now um, that's making people happy. Uh, I think there's really going to be a bright future if stuff starts to plan out correctly um, for the Bears. Uh, keep an eye out for all this kind of stuff because stuff will start to unfold. Um, as stuff moves along, but we're not going to get into it, like we said, because there's not much out there to talk about. We kind of all covered it. Um, so with that being said, we're going to talk some baseball because it's been absolutely crazy. Right now. Yes, it ha- it really has been. Baseball is at a peak right now, and it is awesome. We're getting close to the All-Star game. We're getting close to the trade deadline. Shit's really starting to heat up. And we're not going to start baseball with the Cubs or the Sox. We're going to just talk about baseball in general. Because tonight, they announced the All-Star Game uh, starting lineups. 
and the National League consists of Jesse Winker in left field. I agree. Ronald Cunha Jr. in center. I also agree. Nick Castellanos in right field. I agree 100%. Freddie Freeman at first base. I disagree, but that is, as you'll see, that is my only disagreement with the whole National League starters. Uh, Adam Frazier at second base of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Definitely deserving. Fernando Tatis Jr., absolutely electric, of course. Nolan Arenado at third and Buster Posey behind the dish. Uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, is, the name is deserving. This is the problem with the All-Star Game voting, is that it's a public vote and fans get to vote, which I like. I don't like the amount of weight that the public vote has. I feel like there should be a some type of, some type of coaching, uh, coaches voting, and that carries more weight. So the real players that deserve to be in the All-Star Game can be. Obviously, the reserves are not picked yet, so some of these snubs could still end up on the All-Star team, but some of them are going to be left out. This is where I have the problem. The American League outfield is, in every single way possible, is the incorrect outfield. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez in left field for the Blue Jays. Uh, I disagree. Mike Trout in center field. Mike Trout hasn't played in over two months. Uh, and won't be back until after the All-Star break. So I guess he's voted in, and it's not going to matter because he can't play, but it's just a joke that he's even getting voted in in the first place. And I'm one of the Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. I have his poster on my wall. I've got an autographed baseball of Mike Trout, but he doesn't deserve to be anywhere near this All-Star game. Aaron Judge in right field, Yankees, that's all I can say. Uh, That's the only reason why he's going to be in right field, don't get me wrong, he's having a great season, but there are names more deserving, and I'm going to give those off right now. Uh, Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins. If you want to throw an injured guy in there, 100% should be Byron Buxton. Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers. If you guys haven't seen what he's been doing for Texas, absolutely unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still in the top three in home runs in the American League. Uh, just Absolutely talking about future star of baseball, that's Adolis Garcia. And the biggest snub, and it's not even close, Cedric Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles. I cannot believe that he is not uh, on this list. Uh, In my opinion, he 1,000% will be the person to replace Mike Trout. Uh, But just the outfield's, in my opinion, totally incorrect. Uh, Now the infield... I agree with besides maybe Devers and Bogarts at short and third might be a little bit of Boston favoritism, uh, but I I don't know. Uh, There could be other choices like uh, Bregman, uh, I think, could be replacing Devers uh, if this vote went the right way. And we have Marcus Simeon, former White Sox player, starting at second base. Vlad Guerrero Jr. at first base, who's been absolutely electric. Salvador Perez behind the dish. And I'm very confused on why they voted on a DH when they will be playing in Colorado. Uh, and there's no DH in the National League. So kind it was, of... It was, it was Atlanta, right? Which is also an NL. What up, Manfred? So I don't know what... Why? But Shohei Otani uh, got voted in as a DH. Uh, sure, I guess. Even though... I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I feel like they could have uh, had Otani go in as a pitcher instead, but I guess you never know. What are you boys thinking of the All-Star game? Did uh, What are your snubs? What are you thinking? Are you looking forward to it? What do we got? Again, baseball is not my sport. PTM makes real quick. That's all you because you're, you're smarter with this shit than me. Um, I don't really have a lot of stuff to say about the All-Star teams. Um, I don't really know too much about it, honestly. Um, I don't follow baseball as in-depth as Brandon PT2. But I will say this. I am ecstatic for the Home Run Derby. It's going to be fucking electric. I'm in, very excited to see Notre Dame boy Trey Mancini. In Colorado, balls are going to be flying in that atmosphere. I'm stoked. Otani's going to be in it. Black Rail did say no, which kind of sucks. Um, but I'm very excited for it. Uh, and uh, I'll leave the – Trevor Story uh, also said yes. True. Um, I will leave the uh, the nitpicking to the team um, to Brandon PT because I don't know too much about that. So PT, it's all you. Boys, I, I'm so over fan voting. Uh, I am too. It's just it's it's factually not fair. You're looking. You're going. You're putting the best player in baseball up against a guy that just blew up out of nowhere this year on the Baltimore, like a small market team that has a much smaller fan pool than probably Mike Trout's entire fan base. It's just, when you think about it, it, it's just not, it's just not true. It's fake stats. It's fake voting. It's people filling up. It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. You know what, PT? This is this is my biggest problem with fan voting, is that players having contracts. If they make an All Star game, they're in so and so amount of money. So this is taking mm-hmm. money out of people's pockets. Yes. Oh yeah. Mike Trout doesn't need this All Star bonus. I can tell you that. He might not. He might not even have an All Star bonus that's like worth anything because his contract is just solely based on just getting straight money. Or Cedric Mullins. He's making a lot of money just because of how much, how well he's doing this year. People are thinking, oh, he can't do this much, so we'll just throw this crazy number out. Well, guess what? He's hitting them, and he's making a shit ton of money. Um, so, yeah, that's really kind of what I have to say about the All-Star game. Um, obviously, there's snubs throughout the board. Uh, a lot of people were, were pissed about Yaz um, not being the starting catcher. Um, but, unfortunately, people look at batting averages still – um, a lot more than a lot of their stats that he was really kind of thriving in. So, that, yeah, that obviously hurt him. But uh, it's, it's going to be great. Um, home run derbies, I think, last year kind of took a turn. Uh, it's it skyrocketed, skyrocketed with Vlad Jr. Um, just absolutely hitting piss missiles off uh, the scoreboard. So it's going to be great to see it in Colorado. Um, and you always love to see these younger, bigger names come up, too. Uh, so it, it's always a, a great event to watch, and as, as long as we can find a way to get fan voting out of it, I think it'll be probably considered to be one of the best all-star sport games that, that there is. Again, just Uncle Manfred just not wanting to do good things for baseball. That That's just all it is. Pat, what's up, Doug? I'm going to play devil's advocate just because I like to piss you two off. Great. So, you guys, have PT just said it first, he's so over fan voting. We have 
outspokenly have been upset with the way the MLB Hall of Fame voting is taking place. What is your solution to the MLB All-Star and the MLB Hall of Fame? Do you say we leave it up to coaches? Because we both, and I agree, specifically, especially when it comes to um, the Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah, the All-Star shit. I vote for I vote for our guys on Twitter. Some exactly, exactly, and everybody does. Right, right, right. But so we've spoken hot words of cruelly voting for an injured player like Mike Trout, who it it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter if he makes it or not. What is your solution to the issue between the Hall of Fame voting and the All Star voting? Okay, Hall of Fame voting. Get all the old heads out of the uh, voting committee for Cooperstown. It, it's that simple, in my opinion. Uh, get the younger writers a chance to prove themselves uh, and make the right decisions. I agree with the Veterans Committee, with that being older guys like uh, Reinsdorf, uh, and just all the guys that are part of that. Because one thing, a lot of these guys that are on the Veterans Committee were playing while these guys were still coaching while they were while they were younger and they they were they remember those times better than the way writers of today would remember those times so i agree with that keep them there keep them in the veterans committee all of these guys that are voting for the hall of fame right now one i think they should stop publicizing the uh and this this is something that i think could help out but it doesn't need to be necessary Maybe getting rid of the writer's choice to publicize their votes because I think that that gives some of these writers a reason to not vote for some people because they want their name out there and they want the spotlight on them. Like the one guy that didn't vote for Jeter. Like that's just that's just you being a dickhead. That simple. It, 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 it's tough for – I actually think it's tougher to fix the All-Star game than it is to fix the Hall of Fame. I think the Hall of Fame, just get new writers in there, the younger guys, let the let the generation of the last five years or whoever's on the, uh, the ballot, let them vote on those guys. They watch those guys play. These older guys, losing their minds a little bit maybe. I don't know. But the All-Star Game voting, I feel like that's tougher to fix because I think you got to have some kind of mixture I don't think you can just get get rid of fan voting. I think it's got to be like fan voting uh, will take like a certain percentage of who's what. And then the – I can understand where the fan voting maybe is for the, uh, the uh, reserves, right? The guys that are on the bench, the guys that if somebody gets hurt, they'll go in. I think it should be players and coaches that vote for the starters because there's there, there's too much of a gap between popular. It's a it's basically a popularity contest. Doesn't the doesn't the football all star game? Don't they have the coaches and players? Don't they also vote? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. PT, that's a you question. I have no idea. I believe so. I think I think they do. Okay, so yeah, so that's what I think how this can all be fixed. But PT, what do you got? You hit it right on the head when you were talking about uh, the Hall of Fame because the game has simply changed. Um, it, 
it's not the game it was back then when these old heads um, think it is, and they're, they're just kind of now finding ways, like you said, to draw attention to themselves. And it's starting to paint a lot of people that are trying to get in, and it just is starting to turn into a joke. Um, but here's the other issue, too, with the All-Star game. Yes, I say um, we need to get rid of fan involvement or fan voting. Well, we can't because that's going to destroy fan involvement, fan enjoyment, because this is a big part of the All-Star weekend. They get to put their favorite players in this game that they want to watch. So it's, it's tough. Um, obviously, like I said, uh, I'm not a fan of it, um, but it's just kind of where the MLB needs to move um, with they have to keep it in somehow because if they don't, then it kind of ruins the whole fan experience and wanting to keep the fans involved in baseball, you know. So it's tough. Um, I don't know how exactly you would um, figure it out because I, I don't – there's people that get paid to kind of figure that out. So I definitely could not do that. But it's, it, it would be interesting to see what they could do to kind of change up how, how players definitely do show these teams. Yeah, so now we're going to be moving on to another topic of discussion. Sticky stuff. Sticky substances. Spider tech. Pine tar. Rosin and sweat. Sunscreen. There are so many different things that pitchers have been using throughout the years to... I honestly wouldn't even consider it that much of an advantage uh, against hitters. And I feel like the MLB is being a little harsh. Uh, we, we saw the first suspension go down in actually a White Sox-Mariners game. Uh, Hector Santiago, former White Sox pitcher. Uh, so, quick little funny story about Hector Santiago. Uh, I know Pat, uh, PT, uh, Alec Thomas is a name that we know. Uh, grew up around uh, here, went to Mount Carmel. Played against him in high school. Great ball player. Currently just got voted to be in the uh, Futures game for the minor league. So that's awesome for him. That's huge. Uh, Really on track to become a professional baseball player with the Diamondbacks. Well, when he was a sophomore in high school, uh, he was taking live batting practice against some White Sox pitchers. Uh, Quite funny. And he took Hector Santiago about 450 dead center. Uh, as a sophomore in high school. So, just a little fun story to point Damn, out there. dude, I had no idea about that. That's a sick as hell. Well, yeah. It makes sense because his dad, but that's cool. I had yeah. no idea. It's a good story. Yeah, but, uh, so yeah, and uh, so Hector Santiago, just it's rough times for Hector Santiago uh, getting suspended. But I don't believe that, see, I, so when this happened. They haven't I, even tested it yet. He's, he's suspended. He's sitting here like a minute. Like a dead wa- like a boat, a dead boat in the middle of the water. He hasn't even been the, the glove hasn't been tested for substances, and he's just sitting here, and the team can't pull it up. It's absolute bullshit. Yeah. He's allowed to play. He's still like technically allowed to play as he's quote unquote appealing his Yes, yes. I agree. It's stupid, but I but he's still technically allowed to play if he wanted to. Yes. So they gave him the suspension and all, but here's the thing. And Len Casper made a very good point, and I, I'm kind of thinking that this might be a possibility with not only Hector Santiago but with other pitchers. Hector Santiago is uh, known as a very good defensive pitcher. He's got his glove that he loves, right? The same glove that he trusts, 
got a good feel for it. Before this was a rule, who knows? He could have had sticky stuff in there, and he's been using this glove because he feels confident with it. Dallas Keuchel is the same way. Obviously, Dallas uh, might not be used, might might not have used sticky substances. I think it's pretty safe to say that a big majority of starting pitchers uh, used sticky substances in some way, uh, whether that be for uh, advantages or just being able to throw the ball better. Uh, it's actually been talked about that some offensive players actually liked it better when some pitchers had some sticky stuff because they had better control of their pitches and they weren't going to get hit with 98, 97 uh, in the back or the head or whatever it may be. But now kind of segueing into the White Sox segment, and we, you guys can go back on the sticky substances if you want to, but I kind of want to talk about this whole Giolito-Donaldson situation where Donaldson hit a home run off of Lucas Giolito. Uh, at the game that I was actually at, I was sitting in right field, uh, got to see Gavin Sheets' MLB debut, his first hit, got to cheer him on, talked a lot of shit to the Twins' bullpen, uh, and it, it was actually, honestly, it was really cool because Colin May got a standing ovation, which I think he deserved for his, uh, last couple years with the White Sox. Uh, but yeah, so that was cool. Uh, but Donaldson, as he was passing home plate, was rubbing his hands and he was like, no more sticky stuff. Uh, Lito isn't as good as he used to be. And Lito then fired back, uh, post game. Instead of Donaldson wanted to say something, he could say it to his face. Truth be told, I don't know what happened, if Donaldson, what he's saying is true. But apparently Donaldson went up to uh, Giolito after the uh, post-conference and met him in the parking lot, told him all the stuff to his face, told him that he was right there and they could fight if they want to. I'm actually very shocked that nothing happened in the series. Uh, Nobody got thrown at. Kind of shocked that nothing happened. I'm happy that nothing happened because the Sox really can't afford any suspensions at this moment. As White Sox Dave says, uh, throw Zach Birdie or Jose Ruiz out there and let her eat. But, uh, but yeah, so can't afford any suspensions. And I'm very torn here because I'm a very big Josh Donaldson fan. I think he is the perfect kind of scumbag that the MLB needs. Uh, so... I kind of I'm on both sides here because I like Donaldson. Uh, Pat, I don't know if you were in my computer class freshman year of high school with uh, Mr. Bob Peters. May he rest in peace. Uh, I had Grogan, dude. Oh, you had Grogan. But yeah, I did a presentation of Josh Donaldson my freshman year computer class. But but yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of stuck in the middle here. I think that. Both players just need to let it be and move on. Keep it the heated rivalry because I love that shit. If something happens, something happens. And if not, then it's good TV. It's good entertainment. What, what do you guys got on all that? Uh, okay, so sticky stuff. Now, Mahoney, you said that you don't think it really makes a big difference. I think that it actually gives the pitcher an extreme advantage. Just look at um, the bat- the lead batting average right now. It's like 230. It's absolutely insane. Numbers are completely down this year. Um, and and it, you're starting to see this this line move. It used to be that you're a good hitter if you're in 300. Now this line's moving down to 270, 280 that you're being a good hitter this year. 
So definitely, I think that these pitchers have um, had had an advantage. Yes, but it falls in the MLB. You can't just go out from you can't just go out and say, "Hey, you guys can use whatever you want." Um, blah 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 blah, and then come out of nowhere and say you guys can't use anything. It totally throws everything off. Like um, like no it, it, no sunscreen even, which is crazy. It, it, it's a, it's a complete shit show. We saw it firsthand. Maeda couldn't throw a slider. Giolito um, was struggling with his fastball. No, I'm not saying these guys ever used it, but I'm going to be honest with you. Almost everyone's using some type of substance. Um, from the MLB, all the way down to, I mean, you're seeing the cause of, well, my summer guys are loving that stuff. It's hilarious. It's, it's kind of funny to see how much everybody uses this stuff. Um, but it, it, it just, once again, falls on Manfred. You cannot go from saying you guys can use whatever you want and then kind of having them fall into this rhythm and getting used to it. And then you can't say you can't have everything. It's, it's turning this kind of the league into a joke. We're going to keep on repeating it's a broken record. This league's a joke. It's because of all these decisions that are made. It's just a mess. I'm going to start with the Josh Donaldson stuff. I texted our group chat last night, quote-unquote, fuck Josh Donaldson. Um, I'm aware I said that. I, I'll i say this. I, I, I have a respect for Josh Donaldson simply because I'm a big person. If you're going to talk to talk, walk the walk. And he fucking hit a nuke. And he, and he hit a nuke game two of that series. For, so I, first that bad after all this happened. Yes, and I cannot. I, I can't shit talk. I can't. I'm a big person. Talk to talk, walk the walk. And he, exactly, he did that exactly. I'm very happy. Very happy that nothing went further. Um, nobody was thrown at. There was no fights. There was no jawing. There was no nothing. I love the rivalry. Um, I love seeing white the white the little White Sox talk Twitter page. That is just body bagging Twins fans right now. It, love it. They're feeling they're feeling spicy. I, I love it. Um, but I'll say this: I love the rivalry. I, I'm all about it. Uh, I think it's it makes the game more interesting. At the end of the day, the Sox are winning baseball games. You know, there's the tweets that, you know, ever since John, Josh Donaldson said this shit, um, the Sox have scored 14 runs in whatever innings. Some, some, some stat like that. At the end of the day, you know, you're going to talk to talk, walk the walk. The Sox, let them talk your shit. You go win the baseball game. That's all that matters. And I'm cool with that. I really am. Does the Donaldson stuff get underneath my skin a little bit? Yeah, it does. But at the end of the day, he backed it up so I can respect it. But you know what pissed Giolito off? Because was very – like, Giolito – like, look at Giolito and look at Lance Lynn. And totally Rodon. different. Totally different people. That response that, that Giolito had in that presser after that game is something I would expect out of Rodon or Lance Lynn, not Giolito. Yeah. Um. So, so you, you know could tell that just, fired him up. It did, and I like it because at this point in time, the way this this team's looking right now, you need a little you need a little fire underneath their asses. So I'm I'm about it. Um, oh, I'm a hundred percent about it. Yeah. To the the spider tag stuff. Um, so wait, let me let me rephrase what I said earlier real quick because yeah, yeah, yeah. now now that I'm thinking about it, so. What I meant to say when I said that it doesn't give pitchers as much of an advantage, I meant that since everybody's doing it, that it doesn't give one singular pitcher an advantage over other pitchers because everybody's doing it. 
Pat, continue. Spider Tech. Um, I, I don't know how I feel, man. I, I really don't. I again, we've talked about this before. Prior to any of this, before they released this ten game suspension, people were checking. I will say this to start things off: the pitchers like Scherzer and the guy from the Athletics. I already forgot his name. Um, that are just being jackasses, throwing their hat on the ground, throwing their glove on the ground, taking their belts off, pulling their pulling their pants down to see their 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 compression shorts. Make a fucking mockery of the sport. I'm about it. Oh, dude, when I saw the videos of, like you said, Max Scherzer, and it's really yeah, going to drive me nuts, Pat, because I can't think of that athletics pitcher I either. I can't think of it either. I have no idea. Is it Sergio Romo? That yes, it's sounds Romo. right. It yeah, was okay. Romo. Okay, yeah. all right. Now I feel better. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think that the checks every inning are a little much. Uh, I, I get it, I guess. But I like I kind of like the the mystery of when you're gonna do it because maybe some pitchers will be like, hey, screw it, maybe they won't check me. I'll go out for one inning, do my job. They won't check me, and then they're fucked. And that could be right. some good entertainment there. Really right. could be. But they did check. Like I don't know. I again, I see it on Twitter. I don't pay too much attention. If it's not a Chicago team, I don't really pay too much attention. There was a, a position player, I think a second baseman, that went in to go pitch a game. Yes, very he true. And he got checked. They checked him, bro. He's throwing 60 miles an hour. One of you two could probably throw faster. And you know what? Time. It's not uncommon for position players to have something on their glove. So imagine if a position player gets suspended. Oh, my. What would, ha- was, what would happen? <laughs> right. I, I, it's making a joke this for, and this is the last thing I will say because I really I, I don't play baseball, I don't follow this intensely. You guys, I really don't know how much of a, a difference. Obviously, you see that you see the the analytics of it's know, like the RPMs go up and like exactly it, you see that stuff. Yeah. I you know there's the rule there's the idea that it, you know it, batters are about it because they're not going to get hit more. I, I really don't have a position about it because I'm not educated enough on the save. I'll say this. The thing that pisses me off the most was the Yankees. No, it wasn't the Yankees. He's not the coach of the Yankees anymore. This, the, it was a national. Is Girardi the, the coach of the Phillies? Yes, the Phillies, yes. The Phillies national game with Sergio. If you're going to check a player every time he exits that dugout to go to the mound, sure, go ahead and do it. But if that pitcher passes the quote-unquote test of all the umpires, the opposing coach should not have a say, hey, he, I check him again. Did he pull it out of thin air? Where did he pull it out of? Where where did where it come from? Exactly. Like, that it's Serger, he was pissed off, but he kept a cool head and he still pitched a great rest of that game. Well, that's and why they did it too, I think. Because they knew he's a hot, Serger is notably uh, he's a, kind of a hothead, and they tried to get underneath the skin. Girardi got tossed, and if I'm Serger, I strike out the side. I'm staring him down exactly like Serger did, and Girardi got tossed. I'm pretty sure, and that's when I had to win on the, win that game. Most likely. That's, I honestly don't remember. That's what my issue is. If that pitcher passes the test at the umpires in the beginning of the inning, the coach should not have a say in, hey, yo, my my, my errors by an off-seat, a curveball that just made him look like an idiot, check him. 
I think that's a dumb rule. You're throwing off a pitcher's momentum. It's gonna co- it's gonna continue these coaches versus players beef that coaches should have no say in. If you're gonna have this rule, go for it. Either one, make a universal substance that is allowed that is not going to affect the batters in a in a significant way and not benefit the pitchers in a significant way. And do not let the do not don't allow the the coaches to be able to do it. Because as far as I know, Girardi's the only coach that has gone and say, hey, check that guy. I haven't seen anything else on social media about that. Well, and That's the thing this, that pissed me off the most. Yes, and I agree. And the reason why I think that was the only time that we've seen it is because of how much of a mockery it made on social media. I mean, people were making Girardi look like a clown. Like, people were really dragging him through the mud. And I don't think that other managers, they see that, and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to let it be. They're going to be... And I don't get it anyways because they're checking every inning. Why do you right. need – like, so where, where is he pulling it out of – where is it coming from? Is behind his ear? Like, come on. Well, and then if it is there, then they'll just see it at the end of the inning. Like, what's – I don't know. It, it's something that I agree with you, Pat, shouldn't be allowed. But even though it's allowed, I don't think we're going to see it anymore. So – now let's move on from the sticky stuff and let's 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 talk Chicago baseball. All right. Michael Kopech is back for the Chicago White Sox. Pitch today looked awesome. Robert cleared for baseball activity. Love it. Awesome. Eloy has also been cleared and he's been working uh working out, doing baseball activities, but so good stuff there. Injuries just continue just every day it seems like somebody the game that I was at, Bummer, Marshall, both went down. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, again, hamstring is just hamstring, hamstring, hamstring is all we ever fucking see. Uh, and then Yo-Yo hurt today, sliding into second base. Uh, they're saying Larusa told media that he's going to miss this series this weekend against Detroit, but should be back on Monday against the Twinkies which I'm fine with, uh, that leads for some interesting talk about who might be called up. And I know Pat's excited, but I- I'm going to have to agree that it's going to be Jake Berger. Uh, he's finally going to get his shot. Uh, you know what's crazy? The amount of players that are on this team right now that never would have thought they'd be on the White Sox starting. Uh, Gavin Sheets, I didn't think he had a chance of being called up this year. Jake Berger... When I tell you I think he had a 0% chance of getting called up at the beginning of the year, I, I didn't think he was going to get called up at all this year uh, because of how stacked this White Sox team was going to be. All the injuries, he's going to get a shot. We saw it happen with your mean. Uh, and Gavin Sheets now getting called up, getting a shot, playing very well also right now. Uh, just playing baseball well is what Gavin Sheets is doing. And I love his swing. Good Wake Forest boy uh, playing uh, – who, uh, but yeah, so Gavin Sheets, I love what he's been doing so far as well. Uh, so what do you boys got on the White Sox so far? On all the injuries and all the clearing? I've got one thing, and it's made me infuriate in the past couple of weeks. So we've seen injury after injury after injury after injury, and they're not all different crazy things. Yeah, you'll have your Moncada hand injury or your Bray, you're getting hit by a ball, but that's just that's just that's just playing hard baseball. Okay. Exactly. There has been 
I've got to think now, close to five plus injuries that have been lower half injuries, muscle type injuries. When in the fuck are we going to start questioning our health and strength and conditioning coaches and what the fuck is going on? This is solely on them. Their their job is to make sure that this shit does not happen. They're being paid millions of dollars. And yes, you guys are just talking about um, Alec Thomas. Well, this is his dad. And this is solely on him. Answers need to start being answered because I'm tired of seeing people go on the 10-day IL. We're fucking seeing Aaron Bummer, fucking pitcher, having hamstring issues. What the fuck is going on? I've been so pissed off to go on Twitter every fucking single day and see that someone else is on the IL because of a lower half injury. It's unacceptable. They're MLB fucking players. They have... They have every single thing in the world available to them. Every science piece of issue, and we still haven't figured out what the fuck is going on. What are we doing wrong? That these players, um, something's not happening, right? They're not giving. They're not doing the right things. They're overusing themselves. Yes, this is a 162-day season, but we're not seeing any other team in the MLB dealing with the amount of injuries that we are right now. It's unacceptable. I want answers, and I'm so tired of seeing people go on the aisle because of this. And I'm done talking about this right now. Yeah, and you know what, PT, I I agree with you that um that we need answers and all of that, and I think we will. I I I don't think it's tough to make a change in the middle of a season in this aspect of things. Make getting a new head coach in the middle of the season, maybe assistant coach, maybe. Getting new head strength and conditioning coach or getting new, I don't think that's a, an issue that they're looking at to change in the middle of the season. But I do think there's a real possibility for a change during this offseason, mainly because it's just it's getting too much. Like you said, PT, every single day it's somebody new, somebody new. And we're getting real close. Like last episode we talked, I was like, we're like two injuries away from being in real trouble. We're like, I don't know about this season. Uh, and well, we're... If Jose, if Jose went down, the season was over, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, Jose's injury was significant. I, I hate to be this person, but the season's over. Yeah. I, here, here's one thing, that, one thing that I will say, though. The AL Central is dog shit, and it's really bad. Uh, kind of quick little recap on the AL Central. And then I want to talk a little bit about Eduardo Escobar. Um, so the Indians are four and a half games out. Are they going to be sellers at the deadline? I think there's a real possibility that they will be trading at the deadline. Uh, not at a mass, but I can see them selling some pieces uh, considering how they have treated the last couple deadlines and the couple off seasons. We saw them get rid of Lindor. Uh, saw them get rid of Clevinger, Bauer. They're not afraid to let people go. And I think that's a real possibility with this Indians team. Behind them, the Tigers are 12 and a half games out. The Twins, congratulations. Hey, all my Minnesota Twins fans out there, congratulations. You're no longer in last place. I just, just let's, let's give the Minnesota Twins fans a clap real quick. Uh, no longer in last place. You are 14 and a half games out of first place. And you got the Royals right behind you at 15. Uh, and honestly, I'm quite shocked that the Royals have continued to drop so fast. The Royals are 1-9 uh, in their last 10 games. So not playing good baseball at all. 
but yeah, so the Sox uh, sweep the Twins uh, again just one last time. Congratulations to the Twins for getting out of last place. Uh, but, but yeah, so that does it for uh, the AL Central rundown. Pat, what's up? Um, so I'm just kind of running back on the injuries and those we brought up. Um, I, I agree. PT has said two things over the past two weeks in our group chat that have resonated a lot with me. And one of them he already discussed, which was our strength conditioning coach, um, and how, you know, I, I grant I'm, I'm referring to a high school football program compared to an MLB strength conditioning program. Hey, but you know did, what though? We probably didn't see as many injuries there than we are seeing right now at the White right. Sox. And, and our strength conditioning coach did was strength conditioning coach for some Division One. He was the strength conditioning coach for Dak, Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. So I'll, I'll say this: um, was that was that Richie Lane? No, it was Kano. Kano. Oh, was, Kano. That's right. Kano was. Uh, Wayne was with the Falcons. Um, but uh, you know, you do have to look at certain. Point. You have, you know, we were training, you know, football and baseball, two two different sports. Obviously, we train a lot of uh, of of exercises to protect our necks. Um, neck exercises to build up strength in the necks to kind of avoid head injuries if possible. Obviously, I don't know the science behind it, but we were taking the precautionary steps to hopefully mitigate all, at hopefully all costs and injury for soft tissue stuff. And at a certain point, you have to look at issues like the ones the socks are facing, where you do have hamstrings, you have quad issues, you have lower body soft tissue issues that are plaguing our, our team. It sucks. You do have to start looking at our strength conditioning coach. I will say this. Um, I put, you know, you two are baseball players. Put yourself in a position of of uh, Goodwin or, or Berger, where you are third base and you're a center fielder. You're on a team that has a lot of promise going forward in the MLB, and you're Berger. You're sitting behind Yoan Moncada. You're you're a Goodwin. You're sitting behind a guy like Luis Robert. You know, you can you can easily throw in the towel in Triple A. Like, dude, I don't have any sign of getting up to MLB anytime soon. But PT said it best today. It was, it was last night actually. Every guy we call up steps up to the plate. Next man up. They had that mentality and they produce. And I, I give props to the Charlotte Knights. I give props to our entire farm system. Because if you're a guy like Goodwin, you're a guy like Sheets, you're a guy like uh, Berger, you don't really have a spot in that lineup going up where you would for a team like, you know, the Pirates. I know they have a shit. Now, hey, hey, do you know how we got Brian Goodwin? No. Cut by the Pirates two weeks before we signed him. There we go. So fuck him. I'm saying, but a team that's in a position like the Pirates where they have opportunities for a triple-A guy to make an impact, you know, right away uh, in the, in their major league system. Our farm system is so strong that we do have guys like Berger that don't develop that mindset of, well, dude, I'm sitting behind Yoan Makata. I'm not going to get up and go see any time in the major anytime soon. No, he, he's ready to go at all costs. Gavin Sheets ready to go at all costs. Uh, uh, Goodwin ready to go at all costs. We have a very positive mindset where we do call somebody up. They're ready to step up to the plate and they're ready to take the occasion on. And at the end of the day, we can only give props to our farm system. Because who who is it? It's not Gordon Beckham, right? Chris Gatz. Chris Gatz. I knew he was one of those type of guys. Um, they're doing a phenomenal job at building our farm. He, he really is. He he really so, is. So 
you can't ask for a better farm system, and he's doing exactly that. So it does suck to see those those injuries like that, but it's also you know it puts a smile on my face when you do see young guys like Gavin Sheets and like Goodwin and like the, and um, Luis Gonzalez step up to the occasion like, hey, I'm there's a lot better guys ahead of me in the MLB that are on the IL right now. It's my time to make a case and do my job and fill in while those guys are out. And doing, they're doing exactly that. So I tip my cap to our farm system because these injuries suck, but they're doing exactly what they need to do down in the minors. Yeah, so the the one thing that I'd say about that is I I tip my hat, but I also don't tip my hat at the same time at the front office because I, I don't think that they gave us enough depth for this season. I know it's tough to kind of scale that with the amount of injuries that we've had because it's very tough to predict that. But again and again, we said we during the offseason, we were like, we need more depth. We never quite got that depth. But I will say the depth that we did sign, very good. Jake Lamb has been a positive from what we thought he was going to be. Billy Hamilton has been a ginormous positive from what we thought he was going to be. Brian Goodwin, very big positive from where we thought he was going to be. And then guys like Gavin Sheets, guys like Jake Berger, like Pat said with the farm system. Danny Mendick, your boy. The dick, baby. Let's go. Uh, just absolutely awesome. And then Luis Gonzalez, as though, as even though he hasn't played as good as we hoped he has, but he's still doing his job and playing somewhat decent. Gavin Sheets has looked awesome in the last series with against the Twinkies, so I'm excited to see what he can do. But one last talking point with the Chicago White Sox, and that's trade deadline. Rumors are starting to speed up, starting to get full steam ahead. There was a report four days ago that Eduardo Escobar was coming to the Chicago White Sox, and it was basically a lot of people were saying that it was set in stone and it was going to happen. Uh, since then, hasn't been a lot of talks about it. It's kind of up in the air. I don't know if it's truly going to happen. Uh, but if it does, I want to hear what you boys think, but I think it would be a good uh, trade. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is basically a better uh, Leary Garcia. Can play third, short, second, and all the outfield positions. He's a little bit older, but... Uh, I mean, I'm happy with him instead of Leary. So, I am more than happy with that. You better watch your goddamn mouth, Brandon. Shut, shut your mouth. Shut, <laughs> shut up, Pat. Uh, I, I think it would be good, but I think it would also be good because Leary, I'm going to talk positive about your boy, Pat. Leary is very good in certain situations. He's not good as an everyday player. Getting Eduardo Escobar starting every day and Leary playing in situations that he knows he can play well in coming off the bench, I think that's perfect. And you know what? If we get another injury, we got somebody else to lie back on now. So what do you guys think about Eduardo Escobar? And I guess tell me what you're thinking about the trade deadline as well. I think as long as we don't give up anything that – potentially hurt us down the road because as we're saying I mean these injuries kind of hurt us quite a bit and we are relying a large part on our farm system kind of help us and keep us afloat so far so um, I'm always I'm always down to improve our team um, but at what cost uh, it's always kind of a big issue for me 
Well, let's um, let's see here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off some names that possibly we could trade, and I want to hear. I, I simply just want to hear yes or no if that's if that would be too much for you guys. Okay, so let's start with uh, Gavin Sheets. If Gavin Sheets is the guy that we have to give up for Eduardo Escobar, are you doing it? Yes. Pat. Yeah, I, I'm not the best person to ask. I'm not. That's too true. Sure. But I mean, I don't know. Again, like, what what, what position? I'm, I'm. This is a horrible question. What position is he playing right now? Gavin. Yeah. Left field. And he's a first he, baseman. He's basically doing what Andrew Vaughn's doing right now. Not yeah. Go ahead. I, I trust Vaughn more. So yeah. Okay. Go ahead. What about what about a guy like Ronaldo Lopez? See ya. Okay, good, good. Yes, okay. yes. Because yes. I've seen his name floated around a bunch uh, with a possible trade. Uh, I, I honestly, just as long as it's not one of our top guys, like I don't want to see Berger go. I don't want to see any of our young bullpen guys go. Uh, I, I'm worried – one person that I hope isn't traded that I think may be traded is Jimmy Cordero. Uh, I kind of hope that we hold on to him uh, just to kind of see because uh, he's starting to get healthy. Our bullpen is very shaky, uh, so I kind of want to see what he would be able to do. But, but yeah, so a lot of good things uh, to come with the White Sox, with the trade deadline and all that good stuff. Uh, but hopefully we don't make a bad decision. Uh, I, I don't know, boys. We might we might see a little bit of a splash. Uh, I don't think we're going to see one in the next. If we are going to trade for Eduardo Escobar, I would expect that within the next week. But I'm kind of excited for in two weeks when we see the real splashes start to come down. And I think some of those splashes may be on the north side of Chicago. Uh, so moving on to the Cubbies here. It's not looking good these last uh, 10 games, uh, just not playing well. Uh, Since our last episode, the Red Hot Brewers have continued to stay red hot and now have a six-game lead over the Cubs in the NL Central. Uh, So if you're thinking about how the the Indians might be down and out, four and a half games back of the Sox, the Cubs are six games behind the Brewers, who are eight and two. In their last 10, they're either 8-2 or 9-1, something ridiculous. And I think the real kicker of this all was the game where the Cubs were up 7 to nothing, and then lost 15-7. to uh, It was not good and just ugly baseball. The Cubs are back to their old ways, 27th in the league in hits and 28th in the league in average. Uh, we said that was their big problem at the beginning of the year, and it's back to that way. Uh, and the question is... Are the Cubs leaning towards blowing it up at the deadline? I don't want to tell you my take just yet. I want to hear what you two have to say. Are the Cubs going to blow it up? Yes and yes and no, or why? And why? It's tough. Um, unfortunately, I think the Cubs are kind of at a point um, that, that they're not seeing pretty, and they really don't want to be in. Um, I think they definitely have shifted. I don't think. I don't think they're going to blow it up. Um, I really don't. Uh, but I do think that they will be sellers. Um, and it's tough right now because they do have a lot of injuries. So you got to look at that too as well. Um, 
there's a lot of speculation around that. They, people don't think that they would get a lot for Rizzo because his, his, his back issues have just been way too much. And that's why the people are saying the Cubs won't give him long-term money. Um, so when you look at that, I don't know what they would get for him. Um, it, it's because it's, it's starting to get to the point where these back issues are starting to get affect him pretty badly. Um, and he can't play almost. I, mean, he, I don't care the last time he's played. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to blow it up. I honestly don't. I think that's where I stand right now. I think they're going to be sellers. They might try to ship some stuff out and try to gain a couple of players, but I don't think they're going to be a big blow-up team at the deadline. I think they'll be selling. Chris Bryant's definitely gone. Okay. Agreed. And they're going to get – I don't know, dude, cause, just because Chris Bryant's kind of dropped off in the month of June true. a little bit. I mean, he's not hes not May Chris Bryant. Um, that is true. I, Chris Bryant's definitely gone, and Craig Kimber was definitely gone. I think they're going to get a very nice price for Craig, Craig Kimbrell. Agreed. Um, he's going to give the, – if there's one guy that I think will be traded – like a guarantee, it's Kimbrel. I think it's Kimbrel because he's he, going to give them a haul. He's playing out of him. It's it's very similar to. It's probably a horrible analogy again. Baseball's not my forte. I, it reminds me a lot of um, the Cubs getting a Rawls Chapman the year they won the World Series. Agreed. Where they they gave up a pretty penny for him, but they get a guy they needed. They know that could show up, and he, he kind of did, kind of did in the playoffs. He almost fucking blew the World Series for him, regardless of the fact. He's going to go to a team where, you know, I've seen, I listen to Redline Radio every Thursday, and I see, I hear Dave talk about Kimber all the time. He's not fucking going to come to the White Sox. He's not going to, it's not going to happen. Zero percent chance. And, and he's said multiple times, too, Kimberl is very adamant about pitching the ninth inning, and that's it. Exactly. And Liam Hendricks is the same way. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not going to trade for him and have him pitch the eighth inning. Like, it's not going to happen. So he's going to go to a team that really needs it. Now, I don't pay enough attention to MLB to know what team needs him right now, but they're going to get a good penny for him because he's playing phenomenally. The Mets. The Mets. What's up? The Mets. Okay. The Mets. I could see I could see that happening. That'd be interesting. Do they have a good prospect pool? A very good prospect pool, actually. They play well with the Cubs, then. Yeah. Um, but Chris Bryant, I definitely think he's going to go. I, I listened to Redland Reno this morning, and um, Chief said it best, where Cubs are in a position where – they can't buy. They're on a. They're on a skid right now. As simple as that. Similar to socks. Socks are a bad you know, skid. They're on a bad skid right now. Um, you can't buy the deadline on a skid like this, and then go ten games past deadline and still suck ass. And you're like, fuck, like we fucked up. It's it's you got to play the cards you've been dealt. And I think they're. It's kind of like the Bears too when they start off like what five and one or whatever. You know, you gotta kind of play the cards. Realize your team's not that good. You got hot at a good time. And that was about it. Yes. They got they got to sell a certain amount. Baez is still for sure a Cub. He's wearing a Cubs jersey. Rizzo think so? wearing Cubs jersey. I think so. Yeah. I think honestly, in my opinion, I think the only lock right now is Rizzo. The trade deadline. I I don't know, man. I don't see Baez going. I just don't. I don't know. PT, I what do you Brian, think? PT, what do you Sorry, think? What do you think? That? What, do you th- what do you think on Baez? Do you think Baez is safe with the, in a Cubs jersey or no? Yes, I do. I think they're going to keep Baez. So who I, who do you think is possibly out? 
I think Brian's gonna if they, if they are gonna ship someone else, it's gonna be Brian. What, Brian and Kimbrel are my two people. What about Kimbrel? Yeah, I, I, I think I think Kimbrel could have a great chance too to move out. I think Pat kind of said it the best. They probably have the best two to be leaving. I think Bias is gonna stay. Um, and I just don't think they can get enough for Rizzo that they would want to be satisfied. Agreed. Agreed. So that does it with the Cubs. Now I kind of want, gosh, I'm sorry, Cubs fans. This is just a rough, a rough episode right now. It's just been a rough episode period with all everything. Uh, but Kyle Schwarber, who the Cubs let walk for nothing, uh, in the off season, Currently is the hottest MLB player in MLB history, uh, hitting 16 home runs and 75 at-bats. The record was 15 and 75 at-bats, held by Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire. Uh, Schwarber has now broken that. So if you want to think power hitters and you're with that group, I mean, awesome. Uh, And if you look at it, all three of the other guys use roids and Schwarber is not. So that's another interesting way to look at it. But it's good to see Schwarby doing some good stuff in Washington. Uh, He's going to be a huge trade piece uh, coming up soon. Possibly the south side? I don't know. I highly doubt it. But you never know. Uh, But, yeah, that does it for baseball. Uh, We're going to be moving on to some college baseball now. Uh, where the season has concluded uh, in Omaha with the Mississippi State team taking home the national championship. Their first ever in any sport, which is awesome to see, makes the story that much better. Uh, And uh, Vandy, the big dog, the number one, going down. Uh, and, And that was awesome to see, too. I think this was the best ending that could have happened with this College World Series after what happened with North Carolina State. Uh, if Vandy would have ended up winning, uh, it would have it would have been a mess for the NCAA uh, because of how people were saying that Vandy was lined up to win, which they were, especially after taking Game One of the series. Mississippi State had to battle back and win the next two games, and they won the next two games big, like big time. Uh, Game two crushed them. Game three did the same thing. Uh, We saw Will Bednard, uh, whose brother is actually a closing, is actually a relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Uh, but he had a no hitter. Was it for six innings did he pitch? I'm pretty sure he pitched six. Yeah, yeah, yes, correct. He pitched six, and then uh, who came in for the – what's his name? I I can't remember his name, but one of the best relief pitchers in college baseball. Ended up giving up a hit in the eighth inning, I believe, uh, to break the no-hitter. And then the rest is history. They won the World Series. It was awesome to see. It was – it was a weird College World Series, man. The game one was a blowout, too, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they yeah, beat the show. So every single game was a blowout. Yep. That's that's crazy. Uh, it, it made for an interesting College World Series, like I said. Uh, but I'm happy with the winner. Uh, and then 
they got a little break and then back to fall ball in a couple months and they're going to be working to get another uh, national championship next year. But the atmosphere, I don't know if you guys noticed, was unbelievable with what? 80% of the fans being Mississippi State. I mean, it was awesome. And the atmosphere was just electric. So what what do you guys got on the College World Series? Well, the NCAA finds another way to taint championship. Um, and that's not against Mississippi State whatsoever. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a shot at Vanderbilt. Um, unfortunately, I think that um, uh, NC State obviously wasn't given their fair share. Um, it, what happened is still mind-boggling, and I still can't understand, and I don't think anyone else does, what happened. Um, it's, it's sad, and, and it's, it's, it's just kind of a reoccurring theme we see. We saw with uh, the girls' national championship, uh, golf, golf national championship, where they just, the course was too wet, so they weren't going to play. Um, and, and like I said, Mississippi State uh, is full deserving of this championship. It's unbelievable. It's their first in sports history. Um, so congrats to them. Uh, and it's just unfortunate to kind of see college baseball kind of have to, because these kids just work so hard. Um, and just to kind of see that happen just because of a weird, like it still doesn't make sense to me. The fact that they started testing people, they stopped testing. And, 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 and the fact that fans didn't have to get tested and they were all in there without masks, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just confusing. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, I saw rankings um, on Twitter saying something like uh, end of season rankings, Mississippi State, NC State, um, Arkansas, and then it goes on. Um, but I think those are pretty accurate in my opinion because NC State was on a tear. Um, but it was great to watch college baseball. It's always electric this time of year. Um, like you said, they're going to be going right back at it here in a couple months. So um, we'll be we'll be ready to watch some more college baseball. It's, it's a great sport, and I'm glad that it's starting to get more and more exposure. Speaking from the minority here, uh, somebody who doesn't uh, follow college baseball at all, um, I had a blast watching the World Series. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was electric. The shit talk was there. Um, you know, I'm you know, throwing all the, the NC State stuff off to the side. The, the World Series itself was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I wish I paid attention to it more. Um, it's, it's an electric atmosphere. It really is. I wish that the games came a little bit closer. Um, but, you know, it makes their lives a lot easier when they're winning blowout games. So it's definitely something that uh, I've slept on. Um, and I'm very excited for what, you know, the future holds for college for the World Series in Omaha. I've always heard about it. I've really paid too much attention to it. But uh, it was a blast to watch, and I'm excited to see what kind of comes forward in the future. Yeah, dude. It was, it was an awesome World Series with a lot of – fun-filled offensive uh, explosions. But, but yeah, so that does it for the whole baseball section of everything. Uh, but we do have some interesting things to talk about uh, with NCAA uh, athletes now are able to be paid. Uh, awesome. I think it's awesome for college athletes. But... I'm also interested to see the uh, 
see the pushback that they're going to get with former athletes. And we've already seen that with Reggie Bush uh, going to social. Uh, was it Twitter? It, it was Twitter, correct? That he I made those so. statements uh, yeah. saying how he believes that all his records should be reinstated. Uh, his Heisman should be uh, seen as a clean Heisman, I guess you can say. Uh, and I don't want to get into it too much, but I think it's I, – I think that's a possibility that I think that should happen. Uh, but I guess there's a whole bunch of hula hoops to jump through for that to even be considered. But it, it's interesting that the NCAA – is kind of doing this now. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Well, what do you guys think about it? Because I think it's awesome for the athletes, but I guess I'm just a little confused on NCAA's thinking. Well, the NCAA, I don't believe it's their choice. I believe that the court ruled against them, um, saying that the practices where I think were just – I don't know what this – exact term was but that they they reversed the the uh non-paying college athletes i think it's i think it's something that's definitely gonna bring um these players that are now going overseas and playing and going professional um and keeping them on this pool the ncaa because it's kind of um it's just going to give another incentive i believe just for these kids to kind of go to school you get to get paid now um so it's a great thing um, you're seeing now people not really uh, leaving school right away um, and not rushing to go to professional because now they're being paid. Um, so it's it's great. My whole Twitter feed has been um, all Illinois basketball players promoting their ads that they have gotten um, and the small amount of time that this has been a thing. So I couldn't be happier for them. Um, another funny thing and kind of cool thing, it's, it's not really funny, but it's, it's, a, it's great because um, now Barstool has Barstool athletes, and they are just literally signing everybody and everybody, um, D3 football players to track and cross-country players, everybody you can imagine. Um, check that out. Barstool's going crazy on that right now. Um, it's a great thing to watch, and I, I couldn't be happier for college athletes at this moment. I, you know, it's, it's a hot topic. It's been debated a long for time. For a long time, time yeah. Should be paid or not. Um, and obviously the classic rebuttal is that, you know, they get you know, a lot of these guys are on full ride. They shouldn't have to get paid because they're getting, a, you know, some of the colleges people go to, it's $70,000 a year. They're getting their paid through their, their academics. Um, and I get that. But I look at people like Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, guys that are may bring, they, they themselves bring in a lot of revenue for their colleges and not getting a dime of it. It's bullshit. Uh, in my opinion. So I'm happy to see that this has come, but it's going to get ugly and it's already starting to get ugly. Um, I think the number one thing for me that I've noticed on Twitter is BYU came out and said, you know, BYU is a specific religious uh, institution. You know, you can't be sponsored by companies that promote alcohol or tobacco, stuff like that. Um, I know, I think it was Oklahoma State. Don't quote me on that. It was another college that said you can't um, 
be promoted by any competitors. So, say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, their their number one uh, beer sponsor was Budweiser. You couldn't be a sponsor for Coors Light or Bud Light or something like that. It's it's gonna get it's gonna get bad. Uh, and when I say bad, I mean it's gonna get. There's gonna be issues arising with you know a kid going to athletes in their by. schools. Yes, it is. It's going to be a conflict of interest is the right word. I think the right phrase to use there. Well, actually, you um, know what, Pat? That's an interesting point you bring up, too, with the alcohol. Because most of these kids – I mean, you got to be 21 to be sponsored by right, an alcohol. Right. So that's that, that's going to be interesting to see how uh, right. how companies approach this, especially. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, for those who are in business um, or studying business, if you're in college or high school or something like that, it's a different area to look into. It's, it's a whole different ballgame when it comes to stuff like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I do think it's the right move. I do think a lot of professional athletes deserve to be, you know, to be able to make some money off of their likeness. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, it's I do think it's going to get it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. Um, I think it's kind of the area where I'm at right now because there's going to be a lot of conflict of interest between um, just universities and and their sponsors. And uh, who some of the spots, some of the spots that go towards the athletes in, in specific. So I'm um, we'll going to see the way it plays out. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up real quick with talking soccer for a second. Um, I'm going to make it really quick. So I'm sure ta- soccer is probably not one of the most uh, talk about things. You, I'm going to say this right now. If either of you have been watching the Euros or no? No. BT? Um, I haven't been watching, but I've, I've heard bits and pieces. Okay. I'll say this. Would you I recommend, into, Pat? Would you recommend? I, I would, yes. Um, so soccer is one of those sports that I I would always watch during FIFA and during the Olympics just because it's a kind of a, 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 a nation-type pride. Like, ah, I'm going to watch USA play. Hell yeah. Um, and I, when the pandemic started, really the only sport that was playing was European soccer. Um I went to Germany in high school. I got to see Allianz Arena in Munich, so I jumped on the Bayern Munich bandwagon. So um, I've always been a a Team Germany guy when it comes to the national team stuff. And the Euros are basically – it's the national teams of all the European countries, and you all play the best team in Europe on the national level. Um, Basically the UEFA equivalent for the the club teams. Um, so I'm a team Germany person. Germany lost in a heartbreaker to England the other day. I was really screaming in my living room, my apartment, of watching the game. It was heartbreaking to deal with. But I will say this. If you haven't watched soccer before, I recommend watching the quarterfinals. They start tomorrow. It's Switzerland, Spain, Belgium, Italy, Ukraine, England, Denmark, and Czech what are they, like? What channels are they on? ESPN. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I was literally, I was literally uh, I'm working remote for my internship and I would have had, I was doing my social media shit and I had the, the Germany game on my second monitor. Um, yeah, it's all on ESPN right now. I'm going to watch it tomorrow, Pat. It's, it's, it's electric. If you guys saw, I'm sure a lot of people saw the highlights or the, the, the clips that Barstool was posting and ESPN was posting from the, the England Germany game where England got to play Germany in Wembley arena, which I thought was a little bit of bullshit. Um, which is Wembley's in England for those who don't know. Um, and people are freaking out. Like the crowds are electric. Like Brandon, me and you just got to go to a Sox game. We got to feel a little bit of normalcy. I was at the first game. Yeah. It wasn't, I think they said it was sold out. I don't think it actually was. The first game of full capacity for the White Sox. Felt like life was, life, was, life was a little bit normal again. Same thing watching these soccer games. It feels like life's a little bit normal again. If you don't watch soccer, 
similar to me and what I did with the College World Series, I, I picked Dallas Baptist. Pick a country. Just pick one of the four, the last eight countries, and just stick with them and see what happens. Germany lost, and it sucked to see. Um, we lost to England. I like to see England win just because they're electric to watch. But it's a sport that was very slept on. There's a lot of hype around it. Um, if you didn't see the highlights of the Switzerland-France game, game where he went to the penalty shootout, and Bappe had the game on, an, on his foot, and he lost to the goaltender in penalty kicks. It was, again, a screaming metal room watching it. It's electric as fuck to watch. Um, I definitely recommend watching it. And like I said, it's something, you know, I get it may not be people say, oh, nobody scores. Like, in in one day, like, 14 goals were scored between two games. Like, that shit doesn't happen in in, in soccer. It doesn't yeah. happen. Um, I recommend giving it a shot. It's been a fun as fuck to watch. Again, it's a great thing to throw on. Like, these games are, like, a 11 and 2 o'clock. The first game's 11 a.m. tomorrow, so I can get it at 2 o'clock. You probably got the Sox team like 7 o'clock that night. You, you know, you got the, the Stanley Cup tomorrow. You got, you know, yeah. um, don't have the Suns game. So I definitely recommend giving it a shot. Pick a team, ride them out. Um, I'm kind of pulling for England. I do like Belgium a lot, too, because De Bruyne from uh, Man City. Definitely give it a shot. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it's kind of just a lead up to the Olympics. You know, we have the Olympics coming up soon. Um, I know the USA national team isn't necessarily good. I know we did beat uh, Mexico in the CONCACAF Cup a couple weeks ago. I asked, don't even know if they qualified the Olympic, for the Olympics or not. I uh, think I think that was the qualify. I think. Don't qualify. I have no idea. When it comes, especially when it comes to like the U.S. and the the uh, South America and Central America teams, I I don't pay attention all really because a lot of my favorite players play in Europe. Um, definitely give it a shot. You know what, Pat? Right, I probably I don't know if I could tell you three soccer players. Okay, you could say Ronaldo and Messi. You can't think of a third person. Like, I honestly, no. <laughs> See, okay. Does again, David Beckham more, still play? I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, then no. no. Uh, <laughs> he was sitting next to Ed Sheeran in the stadium at Wembley Arena as England beat Germany too oh. well uh, on Tuesday. So, um, Rooney's again, retired no. too, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so then, yeah, no, nothing. Um, again, it's one of those sports that I jumped on it during COVID because there was nothing else on. I'm like, hey, you know, people talk about this stuff a lot. You know, it's not popular in America, but fuck it. I'm going to give it a shot. And I, I jumped on the team. They're my team. I, I definitely jumped on. I would have jumped on the best team in Germany. They've been running Germany for the past however many fucking years. They would have the best team, the best goaltender. Um, give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. It's it's People enjoy betting on it if you're able to bet wherever you're from. Um, I personally don't bet on it just I don't know it enough. But uh, it's electric to watch. Like, the fans go crazy. When somebody scores a goal, like, I don't even give a fuck if you're watching or if you care who's winning or not. It's electric to watch. So I definitely recommend giving it a shot. For those who took a jump on the College World Series like I did with baseball, take the jump into the Euros in 2020 because um, it didn't happen last year with COVID. Uh, so it happens every four years. So, like, two years, it's uh, FIFA, and then four years later. So four years from today – or four, four years from – Last year, technically, it'll be the world or the Euros again. Two years, it will be the FIFA World Cup. So next year, essentially, um, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Definitely recommend it. So I had to throw a little bit of talking soccer news just because I'm watching. I like it religiously. And again, it's a great thing to throw on at 10, 11 o'clock in the afternoon before the, if you know the soccer is a one ten start, the Cubs got a one ten start. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Had a whole lot of shit to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll see Jake Berger get his MLB debut tomorrow. Haven't been announced, but he did not play tonight for Charlotte, so that kind of makes it kind of interesting. Hopefully it's not a trade. Hopefully it's him being called up. 
Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the good stuff. And to make sure to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we are there. Uh, Thank you guys again for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace out. Tame center for Kane. He scores! Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. to the 20, breaks free of the 25, to the 30, to the out.